Dionisio at the plate, he's over to today. Swakowski, the big right hander, lets it go. It's right down Broadway. Dionisio lets it fly, and it's. Oh, it's raining now. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Rain Delay Theater, the show where two bums talk about other bums at baseball games. I'm Jeremy Dionisio. And I'm Jack Swakowski. This is episode number 178, and we are uh, doing another double dip where where we are recapping two games, um, two Cubs games that we went to, the uh, September 28th contest between the Cubs and the Phillies and the September 30th contest between the Cubs and the Reds. Um, so it's going to be a jam packed episode and, uh, it might actually be a double episode. Um, but, uh, more on that later. Uh, this is episode number 178 though. And Jack, who is your 178 guy? Uh, yeah, I picked a guy with 178 home runs named Harland Clift. Okay. Uh, I had never, I'd never heard of the guy before. <clears throat> um, uh, the reason I picked him was because his name is Harland I was always a fan of the comedian Harlan Williams, um, mm-hmm. so uh, that's what attracted me to him. Uh, but he was a pretty good player, uh, despite the fact that I'd never heard of him. Uh, he had one, two, three, four, five, six seasons of 100-plus walks. He played from 1934 to 1945, so that's that's a lot of walks for a guy to have been getting uh, back then. You might say he was ahead of his time. He was a big OBP guy, career 390 uh, OBP. Pretty solid. Uh, his biggest home run year was 34. He also had uh, seasons of 29 and two seasons of 20. Uh, drove in 118 runs twice. Um, made an all-star team. Was 18th in uh, MVP voting. Um, and uh, did not, it seems, uh, serve in World War II. Um, so he, you know, he, he was, seems like he's the rare guy who played like in the mid-30s and then didn't go uh, go serve in the war. So I don't, I don't quite know what's going on there. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, kind of an interesting career uh, for a guy I'd never heard of. Played mainly for the St. Louis Browns, but it also looks like he played for the Washington Senators as well the last three years of his career. Yeah, interesting. Um, and, uh, yeah, so he he definitely had a big kind of first half of his career. Um, was he um, – he wouldn't have been, like, too old to go over to the war, right? I mean, it looks like in 40 and 41, he was 27 and 28. So, I mean, maybe they weren't taking guys who were quite that old. But, yeah, um, is Ted Williams seem like, younger than that? Yeah, and I have to look look at that here. Uh, Williams, uh, let's see. Uh, he, he debuted in 1939, so yeah, he might have been a little bit younger than that. So he was, uh, yeah, he was just 23. So maybe, maybe, he, uh, maybe he missed it by a couple of years. Maybe he was too old, uh, too old for them to want him. Yeah, possibly, possibly. Um, yeah, that's interesting. I, I've never heard of this guy before, um, and uh, he's from Yakima. Washington, which I feel like is, or he, yeah, well, he, uh, he died in Yakima, Washington, I should say, um, <laughs> which I feel is a, uh, I don't know. That's like, so I feel like that's a city that like David Letterman would say as like a punchline or something like, yeah, yeah, Paul, I think he's from Yakima. I don't know. Yeah. Right. <laughs> uh, you know, and, and then you, you wouldn't quite know why it was supposed to be funny. Um, <laughs> did you, did you ever, did, did you ever like Harlan Williams? Um, you know what? I I didn't really like Harlan Williams until um I saw him in um uh, uh da there's something about he's he's like indisputably funny and there's something about Mary. Yeah, he, is he the seven minute abs guy? Yep, yep. Okay, nice. Yeah, that's good. You didn't like him in Dumb and Dumber? No, I was never a Dumb and Dumber fan. Okay, I only saw okay. the movie once. 
Yeah, I feel like he improvised his line where he ta- says to Jim Carrey, he's like, hey, you and your little pumpkin pie haircut. Like, it, you know, it doesn't make any sense. It's kind of <laughs> funny, though. Um, so, yeah, that's Harlan Clift. I don't have much more on him. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Um, well, um, Jack, my 178 guy is, um, I went with 100, let me double check now. I went with 178 stolen bases. Mm-hmm. Uh, always a, a, cla- a, a fun one to go to. Um <coughs> Although I didn't, I didn't think this guy was much of a speed guy, but I went with um, with 178 career stolen bases. I went with um, former Kansas City Royal Frank White. Okay. Do you know Do you know Frank White at all, Jack? No, he was before my time. Okay. Yeah, he was um, a guy who was like kind of just right. Um, I guess the end of his career is kind of like in my in my time, but uh, definitely Kansas City Royals fans would remember him. Um, he had an interesting career um, when you look at his numbers because he um, his first like he started playing pretty much full time. I would say like in his like fourth season, like uh, third or fourth season, he he played 111 games his third season, 152 in his fourth, and was pretty much an everyday player. Uh, but always pretty much hit single-digit uh, homers. Um, he hit 10 homers in 1979. Um, and then in 82, at age 31, he had one, two, three, four, five, six consecutive double-digit homer years. And that's kind of like when I, like, the about the time when I kind of, like, knew of him. Um, he won a lot of gold gloves uh, early on in his, uh, career. Um, so maybe he, he kind of like made the shift from like a, you know, defensive guy to, uh, to more of a power hitter. But, um, but yeah, let's see, he hit, uh, 22 homers twice in 1985 and 86 is 34 and 35th, uh, age seasons. Um, and, uh, yeah, just was kind of like a mainstay for the, um, for the, uh, the Royals, um, played up the middle second base shortstop, um, let's see, five-time All-Star, eight-time Gold Glove, was on the 85 World Series champs, was a Silver Slugger, and was the ALCS MVP, um, I assume, in 1985 as well. So, um, <coughs> yeah, pretty good, um, pretty good track record. Um, and then, uh, yeah, you know, just, um, definitely played at the time when, you know, middle infielders didn't hit for much power. So I think that's kind of part of it, but, um... But yeah, just like a, a solid guy uh, overall for for the Royals. You know, once I once I started looking at this guy and I saw saw all of his Gold Gloves. Uh, yes, I, I I know who this guy is. Yeah. Um, it feels like he, he feels like I feel like he kind of got overshadowed by uh, you know George Brett a little bit. But I think they might have. Do they have a statue of him outside Kauffman Stadium? Could be. He's he, okay. You know, he is a beloved uh, Royal. Played his whole career with the Royals too. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's a that's a good one. Um, yeah, and definitely a really good player for a, for a long time. That's good stuff. Yeah, and actually, I'm looking at his uh, World Series, his uh, playoff numbers, and he actually was the the CS MVP in 1980, not 85. Um, oh wow! So yeah, the 1980 ALCS MVP um, Royals over the Yankees. Did the Royals make the the World Series in 1980? Um. Jeez. Uh, looks like they finished first in the... Uh, yeah, it looks like they yeah. lost the World Series to the Philadelphia Phillies. Oh, okay. wow. That was that That was that was 1980 Philadelphia Phillies team that Pete Rose just got canceled for. <laughs> right, yeah. Tug McGraw, I believe, was on that team. and Yeah, um, yeah. I kind of forget that they beat the Royals in that World Series. Huh, interesting. Um, uh, yeah, I, I, uh, that's, a, that's an interesting one. But uh, yeah, Frank White, uh, a storied career and um, uh, a pretty good player. So that's a, that's a good one. 
Yeah. Uh, Jeremy, how how high is 178 up on the uh, stolen base totals? Um, it's not it's not that high. Um, okay. The all time, uh, obviously. Uh, let's see, there's Ricky Henderson, so many more than Lou Brock. Um, two guys, Lou Brock and Billy Hamilton, who I think we talked about from the 1800s, um, are first and second. Then there's a couple guys with 800. Um, I mean, let's see. 50th place all time has 461. So, you know, um, 178 is 437th all time. Really? Okay. So I, I was almost worried about going to that stolen base well too often. I was like, ah, we're probably running out of guys. But if 100, 178 is just in the in the 400s, I think we're okay for a while. Yeah, for sure. Um, interestingly enough, um, there's three guys tied with 178 stolen bases, and one of them is Alcides Escobar, another... Hmm. Um, a guy who I, I feel like is will go down as a royal. In his yeah, uh, well, he's he's not going to go down as a national who he was on <laughs> this who he was on this year. He might he might go down like you know his career might end as a national, which God <laughs> you'd have to imagine it would. But uh, but no, I think he'll be known as a royal probably. For, probably. Um. All right. So we have a, we have a couple of games to get to. So uh, uh what do you say we start with the first one, uh, September twenty eighth, which was a Wednesday Phillies versus Cubs. Yeah, um, this was um, this was uh, an important game in terms of the playoff race. Um, Jack was, I think, I don't know if it was the last episode or two episodes ago. Jack was was role playing as a Cubs fan, but uh, I uh. think he actually was a Cubs fan this night because he he needed the Phillies to lose um, yep. to help the uh, Brewers' uh, playoff chances. Y- yeah, um, so. Uh... You know, sure enough, the Phillies ended up just completely taking a crap in that series, uh, and they ended, they ended up getting swept. Um, I'm actually paying attention to the games tonight. The Brewers, of course, tied it in the ninth inning now um, against the Diamondbacks, and they're going wow. to extra innings. Uh, Brewers, uh, if they lose a game or the Phillies win uh, a game to for the last three games of the season, the Brewers are out. So their magic num- their their elimination number is one. Anyway, yeah, uh, definitely though that this this was uh, well before any of any of that BS happened. Brewers just lost three out of four this weekend to the Marlins too, so they they made their own bed. But um, I definitely, uh, as a Brewers fan, needed. The Phillies to win this game. Jeremy would make an ill-fated joke about that uh, a little bit later in the in the episode, which would which would uh, draw the ire of some fans around him. Um, so yeah, there was actually there was some skin in this game, which is uh, you know honestly been kind of unusual for a Cubs game that we've gone to this year because they've been mostly out of the race. Yeah, for sure. Um, Cubs could play spoilers um, in this one, um, and uh, I, yeah, actually, I'm glad that I brought brought that the context of this game up because I almost forgot about that. <laughs> that little exchange. <laughs> um, so, um, yeah, let's see here. Um, um, so the first thing is I, um, you know, again, we like traveled separately to the game. Um, and, uh, it was a cold, it was a cold night for sure. Um, I should say that I was like friggin' like ill <laughs> during this game. Mm-hmm. Um, I got an old fashioned cold, which is weird nowadays, like, you know, to get sick and it not be COVID, I guess. But I, tested three times no covid but i i had like a a legit cold or a flu or whatever it was um and uh probably shouldn't have gone to the game but i've uh, i had like a crazy week and you know i just wanted to take in a game so um we we ended up uh, getting there separately um the uh, temperature was 54 degrees um at first pitch so pretty chilly um i was um there before jack and i was kind of walking around and uh, I was—I told Jack this uh, at the game. I couldn't—I couldn't save it until until the recording. 
But we saw, I saw an old old friend of ours, friend in big quotation marks, mm-hmm. um, McKnight, McKnight. Uh, yeah. I don't need, we never really came up with a, li- a name for that lady. I mean, I feel like we should, she should just be called McKnight probably. No, I, some, some, something that would have to do with like the Lincoln lawyer because she said that she was a, uh, formerly yeah. a lawyer but was now working uh, uh, the, the beer stand at uh, Wrigley Field um, and she'd gone to Marquette Law School. Um so I, I, you know, this was some lady we ran into at G-Man Tavern, which is like a block north of Wrigley Field. Um, and, uh, uh, yeah, I, I had mentioned, I, was, I said to her, I was like, oh, I, you know, Marquette, like, I'm a big Marquette basketball fan. And she went, hey, hey, McKnight. Uh, and, like, I, I had to, to pause for, like, a second. I was like, oh, oh, you mean, you mean McGuire? And then she's like, yeah, this lady didn't know what the hell she was talking about. But uh, anyway, it's funny that you saw her there. So she was she was actually working that game. Yeah, we saw her in her natural habitat, which I, I, <laughs> again I would say that that's her natural habitat. Um, but uh, yeah, she was like she was talking <clears throat> to another vendor, like vendor to vendor, or like you know, um, concession stand worker to concession stand worker um, about something. I think she was. It sounded like she was talking like shop um, to some to one of them, but I sure. quickly diverted my, I covered my face and I think I was going to the bathroom. I just ducked into the bathroom real quick. And then I think when I came back, I put like a, you know, a souvenir soda in front of my face to obscure <laughs> it. So she didn't see, not that she would have remembered because she oh, was God, no. plastered. Yep. Um, so, so yeah, I don't think it would have, I, I thought you think it would have been fine, but still can't, can't be too cautious in that situation. No. So I got, I got the hell out of there, got back to my seat and like I got there fairly early, not crazy early, but fairly early. And um, man, there was just no one in the seats. Like it, it really like legitimately looked like there was like two hundred people there. Um, yeah. Um, as I was walking through the concourse too, because I was coming up to meet you, uh, there was no one in the concourse either. So it was a cold night, um, and the Cubs are out of it, and it was a Wednesday, and it's the school year going on. So you know, I, I understand. But uh, yeah, this was definitely like a night where there were maybe probably fifteen thousand people there. Yeah, for sure. I, yeah, I think that's it would fill in a little bit more. And so like, yeah, mm-hmm. that's possible. But I, I wouldn't, wouldn't be surprised even if it was less. The announced attendance was 29,368. Oh. Um, but yeah, no way. Um, uh, it was so dead and desolate uh, that I actually, when I was going to the concession stand, I was walking up to it and like there was no one, no one in line at all, like literally no one. And so I, from the side, I couldn't see the workers and I actually was like, is this, is this stand closed? Like, did they shut it down? Like they do like, that would be a sad step because they can't, they do that at, at, at uh, a guaranteed rate field. They like, they will, they will close down stands in the upper deck just cause there's not enough people up there ordering. Sure. So I actually thought the stand was closed, but uh, I got there and no one was there. So I got like, I got like, um, you know, first class uh, service basically. Um, um, and it was, uh, yeah, the, the lady like put a lid on my soda. That's like the amount of, that's how little they had going on there. Like they usually don't <laughs> do that. Um, so, so yeah, uh, it was, uh, it was pretty desolate. Um, I think, um, just before you got there, Jack, um, mm-hmm. so I was there for like the first pitches and everything. There was a first pitch. It was another, um, I forget now who, who it was. Um, it was the, um. What was his name? The the pirate guy, the guy who looked like a friggin' sloppy, hairy pirate, pirate, uh, who threw out the first pitch. He had his name on the back of the jersey, like oh, B uh, B Craw or something. What the fuck his name was? Oh yeah, yeah. I I don't remember. So for, for this night, Jeremy, I I didn't. So I, the the next guy you're gonna talk about, I don't think I saw the first pitches on this night. Um, yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. Uh, did we see him later in the night? Yeah, we did. Um, okay. We could just talk about it then, or we could just talk about it uh, now. But like, so this guy Chris Mueller, who I guess is, like is a f- player on the Chicago Fire. Uh, sure. I mean, like, who the hell knows? Who the hell follows that team or knows anyone on the on the team? Anyway, shades of that one guy who like threw that pitch out, like who I cannot remember his name, rightfully so. Um, this guy also was like another like first pitch whore, where he was just like pimping out the first pitch and taking forever, like. He, I actually was like looking down at my phone, maybe writing the lineup or whatever. Um, but I was like looking down at my phone and like they announced his name and like, you know, usually they announce his name. There's like a second for them to throw the pitch. Maybe the, the organ like plays like some like, um, kind of like a, a drum roll type of music, like a music, like a swell until he throws the first pitch. And then they play like a happy song after he throws the pitch and it's caught. Then he shakes his hand. Like the whole timing of it was off. Like I was looking down at my phone and like I was waiting to hear all that sound and I didn't hear anything. I'm like, what happened? And I looked up and the guy was like doing that thing where he's like looking around, checking the runners on the bases, like was like shaking off a sign. And I'm like, come on, man, dude. It's like it's it's September 20, 28th. Like, let's 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 get this over with. Like the players want to go home like. Um, you know, the, the Phillies like want to like just get on with this game so they can try to win. And like poor Clark, the cub, you know, probably is, is done for the year. Like, um, like wearing that, that, that suit, like everyone wants, just wants this to be over with. And he's like, he's like pimping this. He's like milking this first pitch. And, uh, it was friggin', it was friggin' annoying. Super yeah, spe- especially for a guy who's a professional athlete too, and has presumably been there before in terms of being in front of a crowd. Yeah. Um. And and would also know the score of like, okay, you know, these these other professional athletes who are here to actually play the game probably yeah. don't ki- like don't give a shit about these histrionics and think it's stupid. Yeah, I hope um I hope like Christopher Morrell goes to a Chicago Fire game and like dribbles, the, like <laughs> you know dribbles the ball on his knee and his foot like like hacky sacks it for like fucking ten minutes before their game. And the yeah. Guys right. Are like, what the fuck, man. Um, like he like hits it off his head and then his knee and then his foot. And, um, I hope he does that. Um, this guy, Chris, Chris Mueller would, would go on to, um, sing the seventh inning stretch. And, um, he had, he just had like a big tubby guy next to him. Uh, I, I, yeah, I assume that guy was his dad. But, it it um, was his dad. I, I saw okay. on social media, like, it's like nothing like seeing the seventh inning stretch with your dad, but the dad looked like. Uh, I don't a longshoreman or something like, or like a biker. He looked like a guy like you know like a, a biker guy or something. Well, what I, what I'll say is that like that dad actually kind of saved the the stretch though. Like the that Chris Mueller guy, he was just like a he was so off key. Yeah, um, oh, it was and, flat. It was like oh god, yeah. Like he he just sounded like a, a frat bro trying to sing karaoke and like being the worst person at a at a karaoke night. Um, yeah, and like how how are you flat on the seventh inning stretch? Yeah, I know. It's not like the national anthem or anything. No. It's like, and I always try to like recreate, like, I'm not, again, I'm no, you know, gifted singer or anything, but like, I can hold a tune. I, I mean, I, I can like find notes sometimes, I guess. And I try, it's kind of fun to try to recreate like someone singing so flat, but it's like, it's kind of difficult to sing as bad as these people were singing. And it's <laughs> like, buy me some peanuts and crack cracker jack like I, it's hard to do it it's hard to do it just because like the melody yeah. is so ingrained in you but god they were horrible um so it this guy bad. just yeah it was horrible all around just contributed nothing um and if anything just like 
you know, try almost ruined, like, you know, wor- like worsened a lot of people's experiences. Mm-hmm. Um, the, uh, there was also, um, one of the first pitches that was thrown out was just like, I, you know, just a random person, but it was a guest of guaranteed rate. Um, and I just, it's funny because like, you know, the Cubs, so obviously the White Sox stadium is called guaranteed rate field, but, um, the Cubs have a guaranteed rate sign advertisement sign outside, like on one of the buildings outside of left field. And they've had guests of guaranteed rate, uh, at Cubs games before. I actually even remember a story. I'm pretty sure I remember a story hearing that like the CEO of guaranteed rate field was a Cubs fan. And it's just like, you know, if these are the kinds of things that White Sox fans cling on to and like, like, you know, like we'll, we'll live and die by. But like, you know, mm-hmm. if, if I was a Sox fan um, and, you know, someone from guaranteed rate field was throwing out the first pitch at a Cubs game, you know, it would drive me crazy. Um, and it's just, it happens every so often, um, more often than you would think. And it's just another one of those like Cubs, like Sox fans getting it rubbed, rubbed, rubbed their face in by the Cubs. Oh yeah, yeah, de- definitely very White Sox. I guess that would be like somebody from from Miller throwing out the first pitch at a Cubs game. Of course, it's not Miller Miller Park anymore. But um, yeah, you know, de- definitely not great. Uh, so I, I was I was in line. Um, so I you know I missed a few of these uh, first pitches, but I was uh, I was in line getting a soda so I could go up to the seats. Uh, there were these two guys behind me, and one of them uh, one of them was like, "Who's the Phillies? Philadelphia." Um, and so that, that's just, uh, you know, just shows you the level of, of, uh, you know, some people who come to a game, uh, you know, Jeremy, even when we went to the hockey game, the Blackhawks game, I mean, I knew who the Colorado avalanche were, but you know, by the time I'm in the door and like getting, getting food, I'm probably going to at least know who the, uh, you know, who the opposing team is of the, of, of, of the game I'm seeing. Yeah, no, I mean, and also like, also if, if, if there's any team, to try to intuit like what city they're from, you know, the Philadelphia Phillies, like it's almost as if like the Phillies is, is a, is short for, is a nickname for Philadelphia, like, (laughs) like the Chicago Chicago's or like the New York Yorkies. Like, it's like, you know, the Phillies, well, what city sounds like that? Well, maybe Philadelphia. So, you know, um, it's, uh, yeah, that's, that's bad. Yeah. Definitely going out uh, on a limb there for sure. Um, uh, so we had the uh, uh, privilege of seeing another Hayden Wisniewski start. Um, <laughs> he he would definitely consider it to be a privilege. Uh, yes. uh, getting to watch him pitch, uh, and he pitched again tonight. Actually, um, uh, so we're recording this a few days later, Monday, October third. I uh, pitched again, six innings, one run. I think his ERA is down to two eighteen for the year. So yeah, yeah the guy's good. He's good. Um, I so one of the things like um, that seems to be like a thing that uh, players do nowadays, pitchers. Um, is they like long toss uh, to warm up. Like I think Trevor Bauer was the first one that I heard would do it, and he would actually throw like foul pole to foul pole, um, which is kind of – it just seems crazy like for guys who like, you know, arms blow out for someone to be throwing like that far seemingly unnecessarily. Um, I guess it helped him get loose. Um, I noticed uh, DJ Herr's uh, prospect for the Cubs doing it um, in the minor leagues this year, and Hayden Wisniewski does it as well. Um, but of course, like, you know, so, you know, f- listeners like mark this down in your, in your, like in your heads, but like Hayden Wisniewski, as we said last time is, is a problem. He's very full of himself. It would seem. And we have some more things, uh, in this episode to, to kind of, um, uh, so su- support that, that theory, but, um, he, um, 
he was long tossing uh, in the outfield at the beginning of this game, and he was like long tossing so far that he was basically standing in the right field corner, and the right field corner pregame is pretty much where the Phillies pitcher or the the visiting pitcher warms up, and like maybe does like some short tossing, um, and some stretches and whatever. So he was like standing amongst like the Phillies like pitching coach and like uh, bullpen catcher and stuff while he was like long tossing, so. Um, uh, it's kind of uh, it's it's kind of uh, bold for him to be doing that, um, just so he can like toss it like basically from the right field corner to like left center um, to his his guys. So it's kind of kind of bold, um, but uh, that's that's what Hay- that's who Hayden Wisniewski is, and this is who he is after being in the the the, the league for like a month. Um, you know, I can only imagine what he'll be like uh, four or five years in. Uh, it's a little yeah, scary right. to think about. Um, he also uh, he also comes out uh, his walk up music so to speak the what they play in the top of the first when he comes out to throw his first warm ups is uh, uh, jump around by House of Pain. Yeah, I thought that was an odd choice for him, but uh, but yeah, so I don't know. I'm, I can't remember if he came out to that in the other game we saw him start, but uh, I think I, I think he did. Uh, actually, it rang a bell because I you know it's one of those things where you hear the song and subconsciously you're like, oh, I feel like I've I've heard this recently. Um, yeah, it was yeah. there, so I, I think that I think that's his thing. Yeah, um, okay. yeah, it's it's pretty baffling though because like the guy is he, he is really good. He he got in he wasn't super sharp in the game we saw. Um, he got in trouble a few times, but he still ended up pitching five innings. I think he only gave up one run. Um, is that right? Five innings, one run. That's correct. Yeah, six okay, hits yeah. and two walks over those five innings plus. But um, but he got the win. So I mean, uh, you know, to quote Ed Farmer, he's on the team for next year. Um, <laughs> yeah. He looks he looks like he could be a number two starter right now on the Cubs, if not if yeah. not their if not their best guy. Um, and yeah. you know, as a team that you know the, the Cubs the Cubs traded the guy uh, Scott Efros for the guy, and now he's the best pitcher on their major league staff. Like the Brewers traded Josh Hader. Um, it's like couldn't the Brewers have traded Josh Hader for this guy? Like couldn't this guy be on the Brewers right now, or even Devin Williams? Like. The, the yeah. Cubs trade Scott Efros, a guy with no track record, to the Yankees for this guy, and he's the freaking best pitcher on their on their team. Like, what what happened? I don't I don't understand it. Yeah, it's again. I think um, I think uh, if Hayden Wisniewski had a Twitter account and you saw it, you know, <laughs> I feel like maybe that's one of the reasons why the Yankees would have maybe wanted to trade or would have been willing to trade a guy like that, but. Um, and maybe the fact that he's long tossing amongst the visiting team, you know, I think that there might be some intangibles with Wesneski, but you know, it's also sports and like if they perform on the field, you let a lot of other things go. So um, I'm personally having my own uh, crisis, internal crisis with it as a Cubs fan. Um, but like I said, I think I said it on the podcast, but I haven't seen a rookie pitcher look as uh, like kind of confident um, and in control uh, as a as a rookie since um, since Mark Pryor. So, yeah, I don't know. Well, it's uh, it'll be interesting to see him for next year. We'll uh, we'll see if he can keep it up. Um, uh, so um, uh, that was that was some action on the field. We got to see him pitch again. Uh, we were in the uh, left field, uh, uh, the lower part of the left field upper deck, um, uh, sort of right, uh, kind of right beyond third uh, third base. Um, so we had we had pretty good seats. Uh, there, there was a beer vendor though, and I, I went to the game on Thursday afternoon as well. So, you know, it was one of those instances where you kind of almost feel like you're living at the ballpark. 
but hey, last week of the season, right? So it was great. Um, but there was a beer vendor who, who just kept coming back, and he kept blocking our, our view of, of home plate. Um, yeah, it, uh, we, yeah. It made no sense. Like, I don't know. Like, like he, he, he so these, there was a, there's a man, uh, a guy and a girl, like, uh, whatever, like the row in front of us and to our right across the aisle. And they ordered these two beers and the guy came over and like gave them to him. And then like something happened where he had to like go back and get something. And like, I think maybe the, the, the card reader thing wasn't working. So maybe he like got a new one or like put it on the charger. I don't know what he did, but he came back and then like that, then something else, then like, I think he came back once and they, they, he was out of the beer uh, that they wanted. Then he got more. Then he came back and then the card reader wasn't working. And then he had to come back a third time. And it's like, again with this shit, like, are you kidding me? It was it was bad, and the people he was selling the beer to were also idiots. Um, they were. Let that be said. But uh, yeah, th- this guy had an annoying uh, call too. You know, <clears throat> uh, some some announcers have their own uh, you know their own calls, like Chris Berman. Like he could go all the way. Um, you know, beer beer <laughs> vendors are really no different. This guy's what was he would go, hey Bud Light, McUltra, and he kept saying McUltra. So he had Michelob Ultra. <laughs> Um, at least I, th- I think that's the product he was selling. And he kept saying, McUltra, I heard that for three straight days, dude. It's going to haunt my, uh, <laughs> it's going to haunt my dreams now. I, I realize I don't think I've ever had a Michelob Ultra. Have you? Yeah, I may have had one once. I mean, it's weird. Cause like, it's really just water. It's like, you know, it's like, it's McUltra cause it's like the lowest calorie of any beer, I guess. Um, like lower than Miller Lite. Um, and people just say it's like water. Um, uh-huh. You know, I think like I don't know. I mean, Miller Lite is like only like eighty calories or something a, a bottle. Like I like Miller Lite just fine, so mm-hmm. um, I don't think I need to go. You know, I'll sp- I'll spend the extra twenty calories or whatever it is, twelve calories for you know, and, and avoid the Mick Ultra or the <laughs> Mick Ultra. Sure. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, so you know that so, that was happening. Um, yeah. Uh, the- the next, uh, yeah. yeah, the the um, there were also some people to uh, our left, Jack. I don't know if you had any observations about this group of people, but it was like four, I think it was like four people. They were kind of older. Um, one guy was like an older guy in like um, like a flannel shirt, and like he like had like a gray goatee, and he was with like they, these people were probably like in their fifties. Um, I don't know if maybe they were like season ticket holders who just all sat together for that game. Do you know what what group I'm talking about, Jack? Um, uh, uh, yes, I, I do believe I, I remember the, the people you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. they were, they were in their own front of us and, um, uh, they kind of were getting up a lot, but they didn't go in our, our row luckily. Um, uh, but, uh, but the one guy, um, the flannel shirt guy like left and he came back with some food or whatever. And I heard the woman said to say to him, I heard this woman kind of have a bit of a sailor mouth a couple times. But I heard him say, I heard her say to the guy, she's like, so did you get your jalapenos? And uh, I don't know. I, I think I'm, I'm guessing, I'm guessing that he maybe got some nachos uh-huh. and he like wanted jalapenos with it, but he forgot them. Or like, he's like, I'm going to get some nachos with jalapenos. And instead of saying that, she's like, did you get your jalapenos? <laughs> and uh, it was, it seemed completely un- unnecessary. And like, um, you know. Uh, I wouldn't have expected her to say it, but she she seemed to kind of have a bit of a sailor's mouth. Um, but nice. yeah, just I just heard her say, "Yeah, you get your jalapenos." So there you go. Nice. Yeah, she, she didn't put a tilde on the end. Jalapenos. 
No, I guess not. No. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, yeah, but you did. Uh, you got. You went up to get food, Jeremy, uh, as well. You didn't get eighth inning food. There were a couple of a uh, couple of people by us who got eighth inning food, which which is now a thing. Yeah. Um, it's its own thing. Je- Jeremy didn't get it though. You got you got the pizza though. I did, I, and I got it. I did get it in like maybe the fifth or the sixth inning, but um, I was all like. Um, or maybe actually that was Friday that I did that. Um, but uh, but yeah, it's in game two maybe. But um, yeah, so I got in line. So, you know, we've talked about this a little bit. Um, but at the Wrigley Field stands, uh, concession stands, they have self-checkout now. They have like self-serve, self-checkout. And, you know, in a perfect world, it would expedite things. But you've heard the people who go to games who we talk about. And sadly... These people get in line at those stands and don't know what the fuck they're doing. So, um, you know, in an effort to be quick, because I don't want to miss pitches, um, I got in line and I could see like, so basically like there's like, there's you, you grab like, um, entrees that you want. Like you grab a hot dog, a burger, whatever, and then you keep going down the line and, uh, there's one station where you actually to get if you want a a fountain drink you actually do like ask a person to for a fountain drink but usually they're standing right there and they're ready to pour it right away and it's still pretty quick then you go past them and like you go to the self-checkout and then boom that's it so this actually happened a couple times ago i think it might have been when i went to a game with my wife um there were like some guys standing like in the front like like standing there looking at the menu or looking at the food and trying to decide what they wanted which is like, dude, it's like you want a, a, a sausage or a burger or like nachos. Like, you know, there are like refinements to that. But that's essentially it's like you have to know what figure out what what, uh, you know, genre you want and then kind of go and dig deeper from there. Um, and I just like I, I, I could tell they weren't going to make a decision anytime soon. So I was like, excuse me, guys. And I just ran in. I grabbed my two things I wanted and I like boomed like I like lightning flashed like through the line. Um you know, I, I, at the time I thought maybe it was kind of a rowdy move, but I was kind of just like, I don't care. Cause I, I don't want to miss pitches. Um, but I was like, I'm not going to like make a habit of doing that. Um, so this time I went into the line and there was, there were like two girls like standing kind of by where you get the drinks I feel. Um, and I guess they were ordering drinks, but it seemed like they were just standing there. And then there was like some dumbass dad and his son, um, right next to, like, right behind them. And they, like, already, I could tell they already had their food in their hands, and they're just standing there. Like, standing there, like, looking forward as if they're, like, in a line that's, like, a mile long. But there was clearly, you know, obviously no one ahead of them. And they're just standing there. And I'm, like, behind them, and I'm, like, and this there was, like, maybe, like, five, six people in front of me. And so I felt like that was maybe a little too many to just cut around. But I was, like, what are we doing here? Like, we're just going to stand here forever because like those girls somehow weren't get weren't moving. And that fuck it. I, I, I'm haunted by the, the image of that stupid dad just standing there. He was like an older guy with like a gray mustache and like gray hair and a hat on like low on his head. And he's just looking forward as if like he was a painting or like a statue, just like standing there looking forward. And I'm like, go, like, would you move? Like, do I have to go and go around you? And you know, I'm missing like, the first second pitch of the inning and I'm like what do I do here like I have to just blow past these people like and it was like getting to like a boiling point and by the grace of God like some the guardian angel of the of the concession stand came over and is like it's a self-service line get your food move on and like I was like thank you 
and I just ran in there and I think I, I don't even think I had the pizza yet. I, I ran in, I grabbed a pizza and then just went to the checkout and just got out of there. And like at, from that moment on, I was in and out in like 10 seconds, but we would have been there another like two, three minutes. If, if, if we were all standing behind this doofus guy, I just like, I don't understand like how you look at that setup and just think like, Oh, I'll just stand here. Like, I don't know what the hell was going on. It's like, you know, when you're at great America and you're like in line and like someone's turned around talking to their friends and then they turn around and they see that the lines moved like, you know, up like 10 feet. You're like, Oh, uh, okay. It's like, it was like that. But like this guy was just looking forward and just not moving. It was crazy. And I was about to have a, a fit about it. Yeah. You, you were upset when that happened. Um, you know, I, I, I was just chilling out and watching the game. I couldn't comprehend, comprehend what the hell went on back there. But, um, <laughs> yeah, it's, it sounded, it sounds bad. Uh, obviously it's infuriating to miss pitches. Um, I'm just picturing like, you know, you said guardian angel, like an, an angels in the outfield or something like, just like, uh, pushing you forward, like an angel, like to get your food. <laughs> I don't know. Um, yeah. Regardless, uh, you know, thankfully you didn't miss too much. I, I don't even know. Oh, did you almost miss a whole inning? Did you? You missed a couple at bats, didn't you? Was it? I, I can't remember if it was that inning. I think that actually might also have been Friday. Okay, um, yeah, because there was an inning that went. No, that was Friday because there was an inning yeah. that went so fast that like you almost missed it, even though yeah. you were barely gone. It was um, Adrian Sampson, I think. Yeah, he was just working so fast. Right, right. Uh, well, anyway, um, yeah, that's uh, that, that's that's unfortunate. Um, so. Uh, Christopher Morell um, broke open the game. It was it was like a one nothing uh, Cubs lead, uh, close game, kind of the whole way. Uh, Christopher Morell uh, came up with two guys on base. I think it was what the fifth inning, maybe the sixth inning. Yeah, it was actually one nothing uh, Phillies. Oh yeah, um, it was one nothing Phillies. Right. Um, uh, so so um, Christopher Morell steps up, hits a three run home run off Aaron Nola. So he gets Nola for a three run shot. Uh, keep in mind this is a big game for the Phillies, so uh, that one uh, must not have felt very good for Nola. Um, and it was, uh, you know, euphoria for, uh, for Cubs fans or, or, or Brewers fans, uh, <laughs> who are rooting for the Cubs. And so Jeremy just jokingly says, go Brewers, uh, just yeah, go, to like, go Milwaukee, go Milwaukee. Oh, go Milwaukee. Is that what you said? Yeah. yeah. Just to, just to quote unquote, like, uh, annoy like the Phillies or the Phillies fans. Yeah. And then, uh, uh there, there was a guy sitting in front of us to Jeremy's left who took, took a lot of exception to that. Yeah, so this guy, we should say beforehand, was like, he started off like three rows in front of us, like directly in front of us, and there was like a guy and his girlfriend like in our row, like maybe like four seats to my left, and somehow this guy started talking to the this guy in front of me, who was definitely drunk, he was definitely wasted, and um, he said, I heard the guy say something like, yeah, I've been here since 2.30, Um or, or, or like he might have even said like I've been drinking since since two thirty, um, I think he said like I've been here since two thirty just drinking, whatever and like I don't know what that means because you, the the stadium doesn't open that early so he was maybe at a bar or just standing outside fucking with a pla- with a paper bag drinking probably, um, <laughs> but so he was he was wasted he was there by himself and he was sitting there by himself and at some point like this guy next to me was talking to him so much that he actually climbed up like two or three rows and sat in the row in front of us, just to our left, kind of like kitty, kind of like kitty corner to where this guy was. And they were talking the whole time. And actually the guy, the the flannel shirt guy who got the jalapenos, um, he was, uh, he was like one seat away from this guy. And the guy was turning to his left, talking to the guy in my row. So for flannel shirt guy, 
he this this drunk guy must have been talking pretty much like in his face for like innings. So I can only imagine how annoyed he must have been with with this guy. But um, but yeah, so he's uh, he's a couple rows ahead of me. He was wearing um, a Cubs that um, on field World Series champion hat that that gray uh, that like kind of blackish gray dark heather hat um, that they wore on the field after they got the last out. And he I could tell he went to um, um, he got it from lids and he got you can pay for an extra um, embroidered facsimile signature of like Chris Bryant and Anthony Rizzo. And I could tell that he got that in the hat. Um, So uh, I guess um, super big Cubs fan, you know. Uh, I'm sure he uh, has lived and breathed and and wept and bled with the team, um, but uh, but he uh, you know he's sporting the World Series hat. He probably that was probably the first Cubs game he ever watched. Um, <laughs> but um, so he's sitting to my left, and um, yeah, this homer happens like Bedlam breaks out, and I go like and like you know Cubs fans are going crazy, and I go like go Milwaukee, and the guy turns around. And he's, he like kind of looks, he kind of looks over his shoulder, like three quarters, like just, he was not looking at anyone, but he like cocked his head and he's like, what'd you say? Go Milwaukee, go Milwaukee, oh, fuck Milwaukee, man, fuck Milwaukee. And like, um, and, uh, <laughs> I'm just like, I'm just like, yeah, yeah, go Milwaukee. I mean, you know, uh, and I'm like, yeah, it's an anti, uh, Phillies chant. And he's like, yeah, yeah, you're full of shit. <laughs> and, uh, I'm like. What's what's that? And he's like, "You're full of shit. Go Milwaukee. Fuck Milwaukee. You're full of shit." And uh, I'm like, uh, "I'm like, no man. I'm a Cubs fan. I was just, uh, you know, just just uh, cheering, you know, just rubbing it into the Phillies." And he's like, "Yeah, yeah, whatever. You're full of shit." And I'm like, "Yeah, man." And then and like I'm like I'm like, "What the fuck is going on here?" Like yeah. and like you know and like I was kind of just like and I was saying it like you know we weren't I was not being hostile at all. I, if anything, I could tell this guy was a clown. So I was kind of like. like no, no, I'm just, uh, just, just rubbing it into the Phillies. Yeah. And he's like, and he's like taking it all personal and like, yeah, it's like, no, you're full of shit. And I actually looked at, um, the guy who he was talking to and he's kind of like laughing and looking around like, what, what, what's going on? And, yeah. uh, I looked at that guy and I'm like, I don't know, man. And, uh, then I go, I say to the, the guy in front of me, I'm like, yeah, man, uh, I don't know if you're following the playoff picture. Uh, but, uh, you know, Phillies are just ahead of the Brewers. And he goes like, yeah, I am. I am. And I'm like, okay, well, uh, then, uh, yeah, that's why I was yelling it. And then uh, he's like, yeah, yeah, whatever, man. And uh, the guy, then the guy in my row, like, he, I, I don't know if he said it to just kind of diffuse the situation or whatever. But then he goes to me. He's like, oh, yeah, how's it, how's it looking for the Brewers? Uh, how are they looking? And, uh, and I'm like, not good. It's not looking good. Um, and I, you know, I don't even know what I would like. I, I, I was just saying something just to kind of like, you know, maybe like diffuse the situation myself or whatever. Like, cause uh, I wasn't going to triple down on the brewers. I mean, honestly, it wasn't looking good at that moment. That's the whole reason why I yelled, go Milwaukee. Right. But it was just absurdity. And that was kind of, that was kind of it. The guy kind of like shut up. Uh, but like. You know, I was kind of pushing back on him a little bit. I mean, I, I it was a waste of time because he was just a drunk idiot. But like, um, he was just like the, he kept saying like "You're full of shit. You're full of shit." As if like <laughs> so, basically, he was saying like, like he was. I guess him saying that meant like, no, you're a Brewers fan, and you were saying that because you're a Brewers fan, and now you're just trying to cover it up. That's like the vibe of what he was saying with that "you're full of shit" comment. 
And it was just like, I'm like, this guy's a fucking idiot. I'm not going to like, I, I can't like let it go. And like, um, you know, I don't know. I, um, I just was like kind of writing it out and like, you know, I, I suppose he probably could have like went crazy and like threw a punch at me or something, but it like, he just seemed like just a drunk, confused asshole, I guess. I don't know how else to put it. No, sure. Uh, I mean, and, and let it be said that, uh, you know, you said at the game, you're like, man, one of the reasons I'm, I, I wish we were recording tonight just so I could tear this guy a new one tonight. Um, yeah. So it was just like, yeah, the, the guy was an idiot. Uh, but I, I like that. I like that you call him out on the playoff thing. And he he, he said, uh, oh, yeah, I am. I am following it. Um, <laughs> it's like, oh, cool. Well, name uh, name like name the playoff teams in the National League. Like maybe yeah. he would get maybe he would get lucky and guess the Dodgers. But yeah. I, I, you know, I don't think he could name anybody. Yeah. Name, uh, you know, how many, like, what's the format this year? Um, you know, who's, who's, uh, like, name, yeah, name two of the six teams that are currently uh, have a playoff spot. Like, yeah, right. good luck. Like, yeah, I mean, you know, whatever. Like, I, I just, why would anyone yell go Milwaukee at a game, like, for any other reason? Like, it makes no sense whatsoever. And if you were a Brewers fan, like, um, who was like invested in the game. I, uh, you know, like why wouldn't you, like, what would you, what would you be yelling? Like, I don't know. Like I just, it doesn't make any sense. Like, so like, I, I don't know. This guy was a complete idiot. And, um, yeah, I just didn't want to like, I, I don't know. I was like, I was very calmly basically like explaining why I was yelling it. And, uh, just, it, it you know, there was no point to it of, of, at all. Um, it was funny though, because, um, I did see him kind of like getting up. It must've been, I don't know. Jack usually hits the bathroom around the, the eighth inning, I would say. Yeah. So, so between the sixth to eighth inning, just cause we got a lot of, we got a lot of graphing to do, you know? <laughs> yeah. So there was a moment there where the guy, you know, a couple innings had passed at this point and it had, it had calmed down, but you know, the guy was drunk and maybe unpredictable. So I saw him starting to get up to like, I could tell he was leaving. Like I heard him say like something like I'm leaving after this. And like, he's the last out happened and he was starting to get up. And I was like, well, okay. Like, uh, if this guy, you know, tries to start some shit on his way out, which I thought could happen. Um, you know, I might, uh, you know, I got, I got good old Jack next to me, <laughs> but, uh, right at that same moment, Jack got up to use the bathroom. So I'm like, okay, oh, okay. Fine. Well, I guess I'm on my own here. Um, but, uh, yeah. So as he got up and walked past me, I kind of was ready for something and he just walked by and that was, that was the end of it. But, um, but yeah, uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, th- I said to Jack, I'm like, I can't believe like I'm almost getting into a fight over the Brewers. Like, no, and a, a Brewers team that, that is not worth fighting for either. Um, no. They uh, they actually just got knocked out of the playoffs as you were telling that story. So there you go. Um, is it, So that's true because I, that, I see that their elimination number is two. but No, it was one. It was one. They're, they're out now. So, um, yeah, I, uh, I don't know. I'm not sure what you're looking at, but, uh, you know, I'm, yeah. I'm pre- so the, the, the Brewers beat writer just tweeted to the Phillies win. That's all, folks. Milwaukee misses the postseason for the first time since 2017. So they are uh, they're out of it. And then, then he ended it by saying there will be no bites of the apple in 2022. So uh, that's what that was why they tra- said they traded Josh Hader was so they could get as many bites of the apple as possible. So, um, yeah, they're out. They're out of it now. Um, so, yeah, it's pretty uh, bad. I guess I guess wait till next year. 
Yeah, that's um, that's not going to go over well with um, <laughs> Brewers fans having having done that. Um, but uh, yeah. Anyway, um, it, yeah. it it is funny that you almost got in uh, into a fight over it, uh, Jeremy. Um, de- you know, definitely for something that uh, uh, a pretty innocuous comment. So uh, so that, yeah. that's always good. Um, so yeah, that guy left, uh, uh, and this was about the eighth inning or so. Um, there was a guy, a guy sitting in front of us, uh, and, uh, he had one of those phones that only worked when you were standing up. Um, so he, he stood up and he was right in our line of sight for the whole inning, uh, as he was just looking at his phone. He wasn't even watching the game. This was after the seventh inning stretch. He just decided to stay stood up and he, uh, he stood throughout the entire inning and, and in our line of sight. Yeah, um, this was, and I have to like try to remember because uh, this happened on Friday as well. But um, yeah, this was a guy who like um, he put the phone away at the end of the inning, and then he did he he stayed for for a little bit, right? Or did he leave right after that? I, I want to say this guy stayed, but then it, it was like it was like clockwork. This guy stayed, or uh, he sat down, and then another guy stood right up. Uh, so I I don't know what it was, and they were both just on their phones. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's ridiculous. Um, yeah. I don't know what to say about these kinds of people. Like they, they, um, it's, I don't understand how you, we've said this a million times, but I don't understand how you can stand up and not sense the fact that there's like thousands of like the hundreds of people behind you that are getting blocked by your, like you, you know that there's hundreds of people behind you. What, what makes you think you could stand up? But yeah. yeah, I don't know. You know, and and I, I'm always conscious when I stand. Uh, I always look look back behind me to see if there's anyone behind me. But uh, yeah, I, I guess some some people don't don't follow that rule. Um, thank God this was the le- very late in the game. Um, because because all of a sudden I, I I turned to Jeremy and I started to tell him some story, and it was just this c- cacophonous like like loud oppressive voice behind me. I, I couldn't even. I, like, I couldn't finish the story. I couldn't finish talking because all of a sudden there was this voice behind me that was just super loud. Um, and I, I didn't even really try to hide the fact that I was pissed. I think I said, like, Jesus fucking Christ, are you kidding me? Um, to Jeremy, not to the people behind me. But it was ridiculous. And so then it, then it turned out that I think it was a mom um, yelling at her kids about something. Is that what it was? It, it was one kid, and uh, I assume it was the mom. But she, like... Yeah. It was the weirdest thing because they sat down, and this was yeah what the 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 uh, top of the ninth inning, um, and they're like, it's hard to explain, but they were basically um, they sat down the kid they kid had food I think and they were like it was almost like they just got to the game, like they sat down there all right here we go like all right like you got your food like yeah eat your food. Um, you know, I think they made a comment that they had been walking around, whatever. And then, um, they, uh, they sat down and the kid was like eating the food. They were talking about the Cubs game. She's like, she said something like, oh yeah, now it's the Cubs turn. Now it's the Cubs turn, which I don't know what that meant. Like, I think she thought it was the Cubs turn at bat, but this was the last inning of the game. And I think like, I think even after the game ended and they were like doing like the high five line, she still didn't understand that that was the end of the game. (coughs) Excuse me. Um, so I don't know, like, I don't know what the thought process was there. But the kid said something like, he said, he just said something like, I want a foam finger or something like that. Or I want a t-shirt. And the mom's like, 
you know what, you kids, you don't understand. You kids just don't understand. Like, you're never going to be happy. Like, you don't understand that people have to work for money. And, like, and, you know, things cost money. And, you know, you can't, you can't just get everything you want. You just, the kids just don't understand. Like, she said, she was, like, saying all this. She was, like, went off on this, like, diatribe about, like, the ungratefulness of kids. And, like, the honestly, what the kid said, he just said, like, he just made an illusion that he wanted, like, a thing or whatever. Like, I'm not even sure if he, like, said, buy that for me, or he just said, like, I want that. But the mom just went crazy on this kid, and it was, I mean, it was kind of a bummer to witness. Um, but I also, you know, couldn't help but notice, like, you know, that they snuck into those seats, and they, you know, it was, she made it clear, I think, to the kid. She's like, oh, yeah, these are good, see, these are better, or something like that. Or, see, we can see better now. And it's like, you know, you're, you're, you're kind of going off, like, lecturing your kid, and it's like, um you know, uh, you know that, uh, like you, you're probably not setting a great example for this kid. Uh, not to mention that the kid is too young to understand whatever concept you're yelling at, uh, yelling about. And, and three, like, I don't even think he like, uh, you know, maybe he was like going on earlier in the night, but like, I, I just, it, it seemed like a, a incongruous uh, reaction, uh, to, to what the kid said. And it was just a mess. And like, yes, thank God. I mean, we would have had to leave. Um, yep. We would have had to leave those seats if, if yeah. those people would have been there the whole game. No way we could have stayed there. No. And I did stand up. I remember, like, when the last out happened and the Cubs were, like, celebrating, like, I stood up the whole time, like, to block their view just yep. just out of principle um, because, like, I, you know, they either could have stood or, like, moved. But, like, and they, they just sat there, like, eating their food. And they, they were still sitting there when we left. Like, I think they thought that the game that there was still like you know two hours left of the game or something. I don't I don't know. It was the weirdest thing, but uh, luckily we got the hell out of there. Yeah, I mean there was that song like parents just don't understand. It was like almost the almost the kids version of this. Like kids just don't understand. Um, right. It was uh, yeah. It was it was bad. Um, but uh, yeah, thankfully uh, thankfully it wasn't for too long. So we uh, we got out of there. For, uh, personally, I think I think I'd rather have like a, a dad who wears pot leaf socks and, and walks around without shoes than than that than that mom. So yeah, she was um, horrible. No, it was it was bad. So we got out of there. Uh, the game ended. We uh, got out. We got to our spot. Um, and we we were the first. I think we were the first people there, weren't we? Yeah, I think so. There were not yeah. uh, too many people there, so we were. That was. Um, outstanding yeah. um so you know some good players on the phillies we were excited uh so yeah we didn't have to wait much longer than 15 minutes uh before bryce harper came out um and he was pissed so uh there were there were three buses uh, as per usual um uh some some wives and girlfriends and family members start getting on the first bus as as usually happens and then all of a sudden bryce harper comes out like 15 minutes after the game ended I know he DH'd, but, uh, you know, he he, pro- he must have just showered and just gotten the fuck out of there. He was the only player who was on the first bus. Um, yeah. Yeah, and he, he was obviously pissed. It was a big game for the Phillies to lose. At this point, they were neck and neck with the Brewers. Um, I think they had a game and a half lead at that point or two games. So it was, it was a big loss for the Phillies. Harper storms out. Um, it kind of just shows you what kind of guy he is. Uh, yeah. like, you know, the, the team is going through tough times and instead of like, you know, maybe trying to rally the guys, he needs to prove a point about how pissed he is. And so he just like storms out of the locker room and all the other players, like wanting all the other players to think like, oh boy, Bryce is really mad right now. But, uh, right. you know, m- maybe not that that's not real, real good leadership in my opinion. 
Uh, and of course, he just completely ignored all of the fans who came out too. Didn't he, even he, didn't even look up. No, he he spit. In fact, he like walked yep. out and he spit uh, like in front of him, and then got on the the bus and like just like looked looked forward. But um, yeah, I mean that was like it's weird because like that's a statement that like no one else can see. It's like you know you sometimes you wonder if guys do things for the camera or whatever, but no one would report. Maybe like a report a beat reporter would mention something like that, but. Like we were in like a odd um situ like circumstance to 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 be able to see that and to report back on it I guess um but uh, but yeah he walked out and like yeah that never happens that that he's the first, like that he's the only that there's only one player on that first bus and it it's a superstar like that um yeah who just played in the game um he he actually struck out as the tying run in the ninth inning um and uh, definitely like some sort of statement or whatever. It sure was. Um, so yeah, Jeremy, like you mentioned, it's almost it's almost some crackerjack reporting uh, that that you're hearing here. Uh, you know, you're not going to hear this anywhere else, but that <laughs> did happen. You know, yeah. honestly, I think this is even bigger than Chris Bryant signing uh, above the Cubs logo on, on my scorecard. Um, <laughs> it definitely, it definitely is because I think Phillies fans would be interested to hear this. Um, but uh, yeah, also Harper was a total dick too, like you mentioned. I saw Brendan Rodgers do this too, but I think after you've been a baseball player for long enough, you just you just have a bad habit of spitting. Um, so he definitely did that as well. Uh, but I got the vibe from him, um, and this was so I, I mentioned I went to the game on Thursday too, and I waited by the bus just to see the the guys. And Harper did the same thing where he just didn't even look up at anybody. And uh, you know, he he's one of those guys where like. Sure, all of these guys have been born and bred to play baseball uh, here in the year 2022, but like Br- Bryce Harper was never ever gonna do anything but play baseball. Like there was never even there was never even a possibility that that would happen. He was like you know, Sports Illustrated was talking about him when he was yeah. 15 or 16 years old. Like baseball was always gonna be in his future. He was never ever gonna do anything but that, and he Including probably doesn't understand. Yeah, yeah, he yeah he he didn't even go to high school, right? He, I think he got his GED early so he could like go and play like in a you know a wood bat college league. Senior. Yeah. So this this guy probably doesn't even understand why fans need to watch baseball. Like fans are just they're just an annoyance for him. Uh, like he, he I don't think he, he he doesn't get it. He's just like why why do these people have to watch me just do this thing I was I was brought up to do? Like why? Um, and yeah. you know that that's that's the way he carries it. So. Uh, I don't know if he's one of those guys who signs in spring training, but um, you know, um, uh, what whatever, you know, maybe not not too much of a not too big of a fan of the guy, based on that interaction with him. Yeah, it was about what you would expect though from Harper. Yeah. So you know, I think um, I'm not sure. Uh, I mean, if that helps <laughs> helps the situation at all, but um, there's been other guys who I've been way more surprised by, um, uh, either signing or not signing mostly not signing um but sure but yeah so um so yeah that was um that was kind of funny and like definitely significant um by the way jack jack side note um so it's mlb.com that had the brewer had the elimination number two but now i realize why it was at why it still says one but they're eliminated it's because of the tiebreaker so ah okay yeah 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 um they uh yeah phillies have the tiebreaker they uh they won that yeah. season series yeah it's it's funny because if you look at the standings right now there's still one more game till they're eliminated but but yeah they <laughs> lose the tiebreaker so uh anyway um but uh but yeah so and then it you know it turns out i don't know maybe maybe i would say that this didn't whatever message he was trying to prove to the phillies didn't help because they would go on to lose 
the next game, right? This was game two of yep. the series, right? Yeah, and then they they got shut out two to nothing in in the in the third game. So yeah, yeah. Um, but then I guess you know, as it turns out, the Phillies are going to the playoffs. So, um, but yeah. So then, uh, Jack, you uh, you had your hands full over, and you're on your side. Yeah. Uh, so so there were these two women um, who. Uh, First of all, I thought they were waiting for the Cubs bus, so I, I think yeah. I did this on Friday too. But they asked like, "Oh, who's coming out here?" And I was like, "Oh, this this is uh this isn't the Cubs. This is the Phillies." I was very clear that like this was not the Cubs if that's who they were looking for. Uh, turns out that they wanted to uh, see Castellanos. They wanted to see Nick Castellanos. Um, so uh, they um you know they they kept like moving in, uh, and then I I had moved back at one point just. Uh, I don't know, just kind of thoughtlessly, like I had allowed myself to kind of rock back a little bit. And mm-hmm. this, this lady like starts to, Jeremy caught it, but she was, yeah. she was trying to like get in on my spot. And you said, Jack, you better move up there. Uh, so yeah, that kind of pissed me off. Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, yeah, there's been, it's, it, it can be tense. It's like, you don't want to like throw your elbows out and push someone out of the way. But like, yeah, if you, I feel like if you let your guard down, um, you know, someone could likely swoop in. You know, you would think, see, that's the thing is like, you'd think that there's some sort of understanding. It's like, I'm not going to like squeeze my way in. Cause like, like that, that one kid did to me at uh, whatever game that was the, the Cardinals game or whatever. But, sure. um, but yeah, like, but like an adult will do that to another adult if you're not careful. Um, yes. Uh, so, you know, we, we would not, but, uh, these other people, um, I guess don't care. Um, so, um, so yeah, so that would happen and that would end up being an issue later, which we'll get to. Um, but, uh, but yeah, of course. So like at, at some point, like more fans filed themselves in, um, and, uh, there were some like legit Philly guys there, like guys who were talking like that, like it's hard to do, it's hard to do the Philly accent without doing New York, but guys who are talking like this, like, yeah, you know, they're coming out. It's it's weird. It's like kind of a cross between New York and Wisconsin (laughs) accent, but it sure is. They were, um, there were definitely some like Philly accents. There's a couple like water. Water is the, uh, the keystone for the, the, the Philadelphia accent. Like, oh yeah, get some water. Um, yeah. But Kate, uh, yeah, we, we, we need to get Kate Winslet on here for, to do it for us. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, Cracker Jack um, uh, Philly accent. Um, but uh, whatever, whatever you want to call them, they were like loud. There was a lot of loud hooligan Philly fans out there. Um, and uh, I think Jack, I think the, the statement that Jack made ultimately was that uh, they were living up to every stereotype you hear about Philly, Philly fans. Oh. Absolutely. Um, uh, so, so first there was this one guy, and th- this guy wasn't necessarily a stereotype. Th- this guy is a stereotype of an annoying person that's usually at the bus, but not necessarily a, a Philly stereotype. So we, sure. we, ran, we ran into our friend Chris uh, again. He came to the bus, um, and uh, uh, he had told us that he got Noah Syndergaard the previous night. So we were kind of excited, thinking, oh, maybe we'll get Syndergaard. Uh, so Syndergaard starts I, I to have come a, out. I have a friend, uh, from New York who, uh, is a baseball card guy who like, I was actually going to try to get a second card signed by Syndergaard so I could send it to him because he would have been super stoked about that. Sure. Um, it seems like he's gettable based on, based on last night. So he starts to come out and then this one idiot just screams Thor through the gate. Uh, just the second yeah. he sees him, he just screams Thor at him, uh, and just totally ruins it. Um, yeah. because when you do that, when you scream at a guy, when he's not even, when he hasn't even come out yet, uh, he's not going to come over and sign for you. It's not going to happen. 
Um, no. I, I've thought about Jeremy. If, if you if, if a guy were doing that, and and you saw him do it, and and you just said to him, "Hey, man, like they they don't they don't like that when then when people yell at him that they're not going to come over here if you do that." If you said it, but you were nice about it and you were reasonable, do you think like is that something that would be yeah. okay to say to a person? I mean, I think so. I mean, I think I think yeah. it's like I think it's like um, essential to say. Yes, and, you know, theoretically, it would it would help them, but um, it would help everybody. But I'm sure that there would be some guys. Uh, you described a guy on from Thursday who I think would yep. you know be like, no, 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 it's cool. They they like it. They you know it pumps them up. Like you know, like yep. I'm sure he would like rationalize it somehow. Rationalize his stupid behavior to like allow himself to keep doing it. Yes. But uh, I th- I think the proof is in the pudding that they don't they don't like it they no. don't like the the more you yell at them before they come out the the much the far less chance there is of them actually coming over or, to you or yell at all I mean like I think people were chanting I think Chris Bryant may be the only guy who ever like was getting yelled at or about and actually came over like right you know, I can't think of too many other guys where that happened but so with 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 Syndergaard like the guy yelled Thor and I saw him like his head cocked and he looked over and he did kind of like smile and like acknowledge like nod or whatever. But then like that, then nothing as soon as he came out, like, I don't know. Smile is maybe too much of a, of a, of a statement, but he like nodded in acknowledgement. But then as soon as he came out, he just like kind of rushed right onto the bus. So like, you know, I think he was at the time that he acknowledged it, he was behind bars. You know, he was, he was safe within uh, the confines of Wrigley and we, and you know, this guy was on the outside. So I think it's okay. He was probably feeling okay there, but then once he walks out, he's like, "Okay, well, I don't want to be like face to face with this guy, so I'm just gonna get on the bus." Yeah, and it's almost one of those things too, where you you can't get the player's attention too early. You know, yeah. like if like if you get it too early, then then it ruins the moment. You got to be just close enough to the guy where he sees that you have something, and like he can't he can't turn you down. If you, if you if you're too far away from him. It, there's too much time between the time like uh, it takes him to get there and like get to you and it, it just the moment the moment's gone it's almost like you're asking you have to ask him twice if you yell at him when he's really far away yeah exactly if anything it gives them a chance to like look up and look at you and like you know wave or give you a, a, a thumbs up and then just keep right. going um, right you want to kind of catch them when they're close and then they have to then they're like maybe like two or three steps away and they can just come over sign really quick and then get the fuck out of there but yeah. yeah, so it's it's an it's definitely a timing thing. We um last uh no, it was this game actually. We had a similar thing with Suzuki, uh, which we could talk about. Oh um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well uh yeah, that that's a nice a nice cap to the end of this one. Uh it's pretty funny too. Uh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Stick around for that. Um I'll I'll also just read this note verbatim. Jeremy, uh we, we there was a guy who we thought was Garrett Stubbs, but it wasn't actually him, was it? Well, or was I mean, it? was that Garrett I, Stubbs? Honestly, dude, I don't know because it really, really looked like him. But then it someone, did. it really was did. It, it was uh, Chris. I think later on said like, "No, I heard someone else say, oh, Stubbs got on the bus.'" But he only heard like one of those Philly, like yeah. Boombas say it. So like, I don't know if I trust him. The guy really, really, really looked like Garrett Stubbs. He he did. Um, and and so what was what was happening was Garrett Stubbs came out and like he hung out by by the gate, but he he didn't quite go in the bus. He was just like hanging out on his cell phone. I, I don't know if he was waiting for another player to come out, but um you know, we were like, "Oh, is that Garrett Stubbs?" Like, you know, we should try to get Garrett we, Stubbs. Yeah. yeah. We were looking and I was then, flipping through my cards, flipping through my cards like looking yep. at the roster like who is that? Who is that? And I I had a Garrett Stubbs card and I'm like, "Oh man, I really think and I'm like, "Jack, is this does this look like does does that look like Stubbs?" It, like, and it did. The answer yeah. was yes. Like it looked exactly like the guy. 
I, um, I think that it was Stubbs. I'm gonna yeah. if I I'm gonna go out and say that I feel like it was him. So so do I. I didn't have I didn't have like a card of his. Um and yeah, I didn't particularly want him, but I was like, should I call him over? Um and I, I kinda thought you were gonna do it, Jeremy, but then like I didn't realize that uh, and here's my note. I said, guy fucks Jeremy out of Stubbs auto by talking. Um yep. so like this guy was just like talking to you. And you couldn't you couldn't get your attention away to like flag Stubbs down when he was yeah. getting on the bus, and then he just got on the bus. I was like, that fucking sucks for Jeremy. You could have got a card autographed. Yeah, I I was kind of in a similar boat, Jack. I was kind of like you know kind of meh about like getting Garrett sure. Stubbs, but it's one of those things. I I do there's something about like recognizing a guy who's hard to recognize and getting it right, and then getting his signature. Um, right, it would happen in the Reds game, uh, which we'll talk about. Yes, it would. Um, but, uh, but yeah, um, so I was kind of indifferent a little bit, but, uh, I would have obviously would have taken the auto. Um, I, it was, this guy was there for Schwarber. It was like a guy and his kid. And he mm-hmm. was like definitely one of these super grapher guys. And, uh, definitely uses the kid to get the graphs. Um, but I asked him about Bryant and like if Bryant came over and signed by the Cubs bus, um, because I was trying to figure out if he was over on that side or the Cubs parking lot, if he was over by that side during the, during the Rocky series. Um, and I, I didn't really get a, a straight answer, honestly. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so he was, and he was like, he was just kind of carrying on and it's, it's kind of just like, dude, like, you know, if you see a player come in, like, why don't you clam up? Because clearly we're all just trying to get players. I know that it wasn't Kyle Schwarber like you want, but like, you know, you see a player coming, like like you know, stuff it and like let let me call <laughs> up for this guy. So yeah, whatever missed opportunity there. Honestly, I would just I would have liked to get it just to have known for sure if that was Stubbs or not. After sure. I heard that you know some it it wasn't or what you know there might have been a separate Stubbs sighting. I was kind of glad because I st- I haven't yet called out for a guy and been wrong. So sure. um I'm you know that's kind of a good streak to have. Um but. Uh, but yeah, you know it will. I'm sure it will happen, and uh, you know I think that's maybe part of graphing. But uh, but I have a good streak going so far. So I was, in that case, I was like, I guess I was okay that I played it safe. But uh, whatever, it's just stubs. Yeah, a- a- absolutely. Um, uh, Dave Dombrowski uh, is the current president of baseball operations for the Phillies. Jeremy and I didn't know that, so we saw him at the bus, and that was cool. He got on. Uh, Howie Kendrick, I don't know what role he plays. Maybe he's some assistant hitting coach or some kind of yeah. some kind of major league coach. It was like something. I think he's like special assistant to the GM or something. Ah, uh, okay, uh, Chris yeah, looked that, it up. that makes sense. Um, so yeah, Howie Kendrick was there as well. He got on the bus. Uh, we didn't we didn't recognize Kendrick in time to get him to, to sign. Uh, kind of same with Dombrowski. We were like, was that Dave Dombrowski? Um, yeah. I, I will say that as a bit of a consolation. The next day when I went, I did ask both Dombrowski and Kendrick for their autographs, and neither one of them signed. So, um, gotcha. you know, nothing, nothing, uh, nothing, nothing lost with that one. What did What did Kendrick do when you signed? When you asked him, he was on his phone. So okay. I, I yelled like I was like, "Hey, Howie!" But like he, he was just on his phone. So that gotcha. one was kind of that one was kind of screwed. I, I wonder if he would have signed if he hadn't been. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I have like um you know I still th- I was never a huge Howie Kendrick fan but the the homer that he hit in the World Series um was pretty pretty awesome and uh I would have been I would have been bummed if I got him not on like one of those Tops Now World Series cards of that homer cuz it was such a cool moment um I forget who he hit it off of um was it Ken Giles I f- can't remember who it was but it hit off the foul pole um and uh it was pre- was it v- 
was it, it was Granky maybe? I can't remember, but he hit that that home run game seven, I think, off the foul pole, and it was a big big moment. Um, yeah. So that would have been cool to get him on there. Um, there were um, okay, so there were some guys who threw out the first pitch. I don't know. I'm getting these kind of confused now. I think there was another guy who threw out the first pitch um, from The Bachelor or something. And but I don't know if that was this game or, or, or Friday's game. But some guy threw out the first pitch, and I think it was this game. But uh, there were some guys there, just some like like bros. I don't know. Like someone said that they were minor league Cubs guys, but I, I didn't recognize them at all. Um, but uh, they came over. They were over by the uh, the corner, by like where you can see the fans in the corner. And I saw them like. Uh, they're like, oh, hey, there's our bus, there's our bus, and like, kind of joking about like getting on the team bus. And I think maybe an usher told him like, no, no, you guys go out that way. And uh, something, I'm not exactly sure what it was, but I thought that they were. I thought in retrospect, I saw that they were friends with the guy who threw out the first pitch, who was from The Bachelor or something. Anyway, they were like, oh yeah. And then I heard people talking about them like they knew who they were, and uh, the guys like were like, I think they were joking about getting on the team bus. Um, but then like, they're like, oh, then they got, they're like, no, you go out that way. And then I think one of the guys said like, oh, well, where do you got us? You know? And then someone, uh, in the, someone in the group of people waiting outside for the graphs were like, yeah, you guys are on the school bus. <laughs> and, uh, I don't know. I don't know what, what it was, but he was like, he was, he was kind of poking fun at those guys. And I don't know the context at all, but it was pretty funny. Like these guys were like, um, like that was in that situation where they were trying to get on the team bus and they got turned down like for someone to say like yeah you guys are on the school bus like <laughs> it's a pretty funny slam i would say to those to those guys yeah um i uh yeah i, I remember that they all, they all they were almost successful in getting on weren't they they yeah they almost like got out that that door i feel like yeah. if they if, if they would have got out in the clear and approached the the door of the bus i think someone would have fucking tackled them or something maybe <laughs> but but uh they um yeah they did uh uh whatever they were they were milling about there for sure. Um, well, uh, one of the guys we were waiting for, I had a Reese Hoskins uh, uh, heritage card, so we, we were definitely waiting for him to come out. Uh, there was also a kid um, who was super hyped to uh, try to get Reese Hoskins. He said Hoskins was his favorite player. Um, so and he was Hoskins, like the only guy who hadn't signed from. He had a ball signed yeah. by all these uh, Phillies guys, and like he's like Hoskins is the only guy I don't have. He never signs. Like, but I, you know, he's my favorite player or whatever. Yeah, and so Hoskins came out. Uh, he had an iced coffee um, with him, even though it was like ten thirty at night, eleven o'clock, and fifties um, so in the low fifties too. <laughs> yeah, it was it was definitely an odd choice. Um, but he com- he comes out and he just comes right over and starts like signing and interacting with fans, which was awesome. Um, yeah, he put he put the the iced coffee down on this like ledge on the back of the door of, of yeah. the exit and like just signed and signed for this kid right away. He did. And, the kid, um, the kid asked him to sweet spot it, uh, so he did. And then the kid said, "It's my birthday." And and Hoskins goes like, "Oh, how old are you?" And then, uh, you know, like at the end of the interaction, like he gave the kid a fist bump, uh, and then he signed for us as well. Uh, nice guy. But the the kid after Hoskins left was just bawling. Um, yeah. Like it was like it, it's like it meant so much to him. Um, and yeah, you, you can really see like how uh, how much of an impact a baseball player can have just for like a, a fifteen second interaction with somebody. That yeah. you know really cost them nothing. I think Bryce Harper could could take a lesson from it. 
Uh, a lot of a lot of guys could for sure. They could. Um, you know, I don't. I there are, when you in, when you interact with these graphers, like you will hear like you, you get guys who like get on their high horse about why players should sign, and like honestly, I mean, I get why players wouldn't want to sign. Um, mostly because, you know, cause assholes turn around and sell the, the autographs online. So like, I, I get that part of it. Oh yeah. Um, but there are these guys who get on the high horse. They're like, yeah, you know, this kid, this guy, you know, we pay his salary. All he has to do is take five minutes to come out and sign for everyone. And it's like, <laughs> shut up, you loud mouth. Like, I don't want to listen to you talk. Why, if I was Bryce Harper, why would I want to sign for you? Like, you know, like, so I get, I can get it to a certain extent, but I will say, like, if every player could just see what happened, that interaction, I feel like they all would sign, at least for kids. Um, it's yes. like, uh, kid... you know, not not for old guys like us. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, listen, I could whip up some quick tears. I mean, Jack, you're an actor. Like, <laughs> could, could you cry on command if Bryce Harper signed for you? Like, and if oh, so, man. could you do it <laughs> next year, <laughs> yeah. please, for all of our sakes? But, um, but yeah, like, um, you know, like, uh, this kid was like, yeah, he was just like, like tears of joy. Like, he just kind of like crumpled into like his dad's arms and was just like crying tears of joy and like i was like i was getting like moved seeing it like i gave i gave the gave the kiss like the kid a fist bump um like you know just like you know i wanted to like tell him like hey man that's awesome but i also didn't want to like stare at him while he was crying you know because he's probably maybe a little embarrassed about it so like i just i I, like kind of like i i you you didn't see this check but i went i just i wasn't looking at him but i put my my thumb up in the air and like kind of pointed it to him like Hey man, way to go! But I didn't look at him while I was doing it. It was really weird. So he, the kid, probably didn't even know that I was giving him the thumbs up. But yeah. I gave him the thumbs up, and then he turned around. And I gave him like a little like quarter look, and I gave him a fist bump. Um, he was probably nice. pissed because it was the same. I think it was the same fist that he fist bumped Hoskins with, and so like I yeah. like I like you overwrote. You got his, yeah. you got Hoskins's germs off of him. It's like, and I'm never washing this hand again, type of thing, you know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so, uh, so, yeah. But uh, that was pretty cool. Later on, uh, one of the um, security guards would come over, and he's like, "Man, that kid even made me want to cry." And uh, <laughs> and then I was like, "Yeah." It's like, "Yeah, that's exactly why you know players should sign." Like, you know, see what see what it did for that kid. And like, we we kind of yep. had a moment, but you know, I didn't want to get too on, on the, on the soapbox about it, but, but yeah, it was really cool. I mean, I, I got a lot of respect for Reese Hoskins. I did, I did flippantly say during the game, I'm like, I'm pretty sure he won't sign. Like he seems like an asshole. <laughs> um, so, you know, we'll, we'll have to make a running list of guys who we instantly had to like do a 180 on. Um, well, and- Aaron Nola signed for us. So, you know, that's, that's one we'll have to do. Aaron Nola signed Reese Hoskins signed. Yeah. Um, yeah, Aranola was super nice. Um, he was. Like he, he, he checked. He checked his watch. Like he kind of needed to seem cool before he did it. But he he signed and he started the game too. And he lost the game, so he certainly didn't have to sign, but he did. Yeah, it was a tough luck uh, loss. Um, just gave up that one mistake to to Morrell, basically, and his team couldn't um, couldn't bail him out. But yeah, he signed for us. That was pretty cool. And Hoskins signed. Um, so yeah, and we we yeah, it was kind of like those are two pretty big guys for the. Um, for the for the Philly, so that was very cool. Um, yeah, probably the um, least mistakable guy came out next for the Phillies, which was uh, Brandon Marsh, mm-hmm. um, with the with the huge beard, um, just kind of like long long hair and huge beard, uh, came out and you know I'm like, well, that's definitely Marsh. Um, and so he came out and uh, I had heard he had signed for some people um, that I follow, like a card breaker guy and who has two kids. Like they did a, fa- a, a ballpark tour and uh, he signed for them. So I'm like, I think this guy has a good reputation for signing. 
Um, and he came over, we called him, and it almost looked like he wasn't going to stop for a second. And then he came over and he signed for us. So that was yeah. pretty cool. Yeah. That was really cool. I, I was actually afraid. He had kind of a nice jacket on. Um, and like my, my, I feel like my Sharpie almost got on his jacket. So I was oh, like, man. oh man, I got, I got, I got to watch this. That would be, uh, that'd be tragic. But, uh, Jeremy, you noticed that he was wearing, uh, some kind of necklace. I, I didn't catch this. Uh, what, well, what did it say? Yeah. Well, so I, yeah, it's a shame that you didn't see this necklace. First of all, I did notice he had like a hair tie on and it was like, uh, like a, a silky, like baby blue, uh, uh, hair tie. So like, um, it was definitely not like, you know. I don't know what a masculine hair tie looks like necessarily, but it certainly wasn't that. Um, so, you know, maybe he got it from some some fan or maybe his girlfriend or something. But, uh, um, yeah, it definitely seemed like it was uh, gifted somehow. But, um, yeah, he came over and he was wearing he was wearing kind of like weird clothes. I feel like he had like he kind of maybe looked like a guy who was going like Burning Man or something. Like I feel like he was sure. maybe wearing like a like a, a burlap <laughs> shirt or something. I'm not really sure. But yeah. his necklace, Jack, damn, I wish you would have saw his necklace, man. So he, he had this necklace around his neck, and it was like this big, black, like, round shape. And upon further inspection, because he was right in front of me signing, it was I saw it when he was signing for you, it was like a UFO with like the bottom door open and like the legs planted in the ground and almost like, like a, like a beam of light coming out of it. It was wow. really weird, but it was like straight up like a, a black and like gold UFO. Is he a and, Scientologist? I mean, <laughs> I don't know. I don't think so. It almost had like a area 51 vibe to it. Like, yeah, I bet you could buy that necklace. like at a gift shop around area 51, but like yeah, at like hot topic. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Possibly if it was a little more mainstream, but like, um, he like, uh, it, he definitely had like the vibe of like a believer, like, of like a believer in like the, uh, you know, the, the, um, what is it? Close encounters of the third, third kind, the third kind. Yeah. He was like a believer of the third kind or something like it was very odd. So like, yeah, he might be a UFO chaser. I'm not sure. Um, but uh, I'm not sure if he ever played in, uh, like Albuquerque or something like the isotopes or something, but, uh, yeah, it had like a very, it was very like Southwestern vibe and like, yeah, it definitely had like a, like a vibe of like some sort of like, uh, just alien guy. I don't know. It was weird. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's so weird. I, I wish I would have, would have caught that. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, another guy with, with weird attire was, uh, Gene Segura. Um, he had a, he ignored everybody when he came out, but he had a, he, he had like a, a backpack with uh, sequins on it. It was, uh, it was definitely a very weird choice and not, not something I really expected from him. Yeah, um, yeah, it was very odd. Uh, sequin backpack. Um, it was just uh, a weird thing to um, to have. Like, I feel like guys have had like little bling here and there, but um, but yeah, uh, sequin sequin backpack was a was a weird one. We we talked about these these Philly fans, um, and and they were they were making comments, uh, you know, throughout throughout the whole time we were out there. Most of the comments involving how much the Phillies suck. Uh, even though they were they were decked out all in all in Phillies gear and had obviously come to Chicago just to see these games, um, they uh, the main thing they would do is they would call for a guy when he came out. The guy would ignore them, and then the Phillies fans would go, "Ah, you suck anyway." Um, yeah. Like like when Sir Anthony Sir Anthony Dominguez came out, and uh, that I think that might have been the literal thing. They called for him, and then they went, "Ah, he, yeah, he sucks anyway. Like he blows all all our games." 
Um, yeah. I, I always wanted to do like a role play, Jack. Like, yeah. um, like, uh, uh, I don't know. I don't know how we could do the timing of it. I wanted to like work it out, but it's basically like, here comes Sir Anthony. There he goes. Yeah, you're a third anyway, Sir Anthony. Like, <laughs> it was just like, like, it was like, um, the minute like they come over, you ask him to sign, then they don't sign, and it was like the next breath, he's like, yeah, you suck anyway, you know. And like again, it's like he said stuff about guys who were like going up the stairs, like who could definitely hear him, like say yes. that. And again, it's like, all right, well, that's is why guys wouldn't sign, and like. Um, so which guy was it where he said the thing about the number of people? Do you, do you remember who that was? It, it, I think it, it it was the guy that was yelling at like Sir Anthony Dominguez. I, I think it was, it was that guy. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah and, I mean, he, I think he called him a turd. Like, I think he did call him a turd. <laughs> I, I, th- I think he did. Um, but his point, he was one of those guys where he was like, yeah, it's just 30 people. It's just 30 people out here. He's like, yeah, it's not like it's a couple hundred. It's just 30. But yeah. like. 30 people is going to take him a long, like the player a long time to sign all those autographs. That's going to take him like five or 10 minutes to get everybody. Um, I think it would take even longer than that. I think it would take like 10 to 15 minutes, but like, first of all, yeah, it wasn't 30 people. He's like, it's just 30 people. It's not like it's a (laughs) hundred. It's like, you know, I mean, 30 and a hundred seem like in the, in the same ballpark. Um, (laughs) but like, but like, yeah, like, so like, um, uh, uh, he, um, yeah, no, I think like it's like these guys who like like have like rose colored glasses about it. It's like you know, I feel like like Paul DeYoung signed for maybe like ten people, yeah, and and like he was there for like maybe he signed for like fifteen people, and he was there for like I felt like it seemed like six, seven, eight minutes or something. But um, but yeah, like you know, it's just like that's just a lot of people to sign for, so. It, it is. Um, and, and at one point, uh, you know, this guy, this Sir Anthony Dominguez guy, and an, another guy got to talking, and they were talking about the playoff race, now the Phillies were in it, and then this guy makes some comment about the Brewers or about how the Brewers are, are, are in it, and then, you know, uh, talking in reference to the, like, about the Phillies, uh, he says, like, he says this about the Brewers. He goes, yeah, but they're taking a shit, too. Um, and if if you could imagine like Rodney Dangerfield saying that, like he, he sounded like, like if Rodney Dangerfield had delivered that line and it was, it was funny because it was just such a crass way of describing a a team that's, uh, that's not playing well right now. Um, you know, definitely, uh, uh, definitely on brand for, for this fan base, but I thought that was kind of funny. Uh, not something I could argue with either. Right. Um, he he did say one other thing that I thought that was funny the way he said like I forgot who it was who came out like let's say it was Kyle Gibson, but he goes like, all right and here comes Kyle Gibson and he probably isn't gonna sign <laughs> like <laughs> he was just like he got like self defeatist at one point and like the guy I don't think did sign whoever it was um yeah. but uh, but yeah um but yeah uh so yeah there was that guy was a character like um just so, so total Philly accent and everything. Oh yeah. Um, but yeah, but then like, um, it was getting down to the nitty gritty and like, basically the only people who hadn't come out yet were like the main coaches and like Nick Castellanos. Yep. Yep. And, uh, our buddy Chris had said that Castellanos signed for everybody the night before he had kind of primed us that like Castellanos was a nice guy. Also said that he didn't come out till like the coaches came out either. So it was, uh, we were excited. We really thought we were going to get him. So he comes out and then, he, he, he says, like, th- there was a, a kid there. There was, like, a little a, a kid, almost a baby, who wanted an autograph. And uh, Castellanos sees the kid, 
and uh, goes, yeah, I'll sign one for the kid. So he signs one for this kid, and then these two women who we mentioned before are still there, and they're like, oh, Nick, like, come on over, come on over, and, like, they're so, they're so adamant about it that, like, he has to, like, come over and, and sign something for them. So he signs, like, a hat and something else, maybe, like, like- a jerk. A jersey she had like that. a like a hoodie on, like a Nike hoodie or something, or like a Reebok hoodie that was like super expensive, and like he signed like right on there. Yeah, yeah, and so this is all happening like f- uh, f- four feet to our our right, um, and so and then so he's about to turn back, and honestly, we thought he was going to sign for us, and we yeah. sure as hell were going to ask him as he turned back, but then one of these fucking ladies grabs his arm. Yeah. And like basically makes him take a selfie with them. Yeah. Uh, and it, it ruined the moment. Like once that happened, it was like he had to go. First of all, he probably didn't appreciate being touched. Um, but also yeah. like uh, also like he was the last one out and the bus did have to leave. Because like at that point, like Rob Thompson and, and all the other coaches had, had gotten on the bus. So he had to go. Um, yeah. So that was a freaking bummer, man. We missed but, out on it because like just a, a split second, a freaking split second if those women hadn't, hadn't grabbed his arm. I will say I, though, I, I yelled, I yelled something at him. So uh, uh, obviously, wait, wait, hold, on, hold, on, hold on, before you get into that, I just want to say, like, I actually think that that was the second that 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 happened twice. Like both women put their armor on him and got a picture because I yeah. actually think he came over and took signed for the kid, took the picture with the one lady, and then kind of turned and like looked at us, and then like the the second fucking girl like grabbed, and also they were taking forever to take the goddamn pictures too. It's like yeah. you asked me to take a picture, I fucking snap it off in five in like two seconds. Like, but they were like, I don't know what the fuck they were doing. Um, but then the second woman like put her arm, like kind of just linked her arm again, like around his, and like was like, all right, smile or whatever. Like, and they took the fucking picture, and then yeah, by that point, like he he was done. I wanted to say too, like I was like kind of I was combing over my collection trying to find like a I like knew in my head that there was a Nick Castellanos Cubs card and um there were I there's a couple other tops now ones of him on the Cubs but they're like quite frankly too expensive they're worth too much to get signed um so I I like kind of gave up and I was gonna have him sign this Reds card and then I'm like oh yeah I remember exactly what it was and I found the card it's just like it's his only like base card of him on the Cubs and I like Wanted to get that one signed so bad, and then yeah, like we got the old snubola. Um, I mean, and these these chicks ruined it for us by getting the pictures with him. And like the same thing happened to me earlier in the year with Don Mattingly uh, when I was by myself at the Marlins because some idiots were taking selfies with him, and like he ran out of time. Uh, it's like he missed, he he like skipped one person, Chris and myself, and so like, and now he's now he's gone, and so like now I'm like bummed that I didn't get him. Yeah, it's just uh, it, it it you really get screwed. It it, it can be uh, just like a matter of seconds, you know. Like it's just like a little a little wrinkle in time, and then you're you're screwed out of an autograph. Uh, so it's 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 really unfortunate. Um, and yeah. I, I was I was gonna make this uh, this joke to him when he signed my autograph. I, I didn't word it exactly the way I wanted to when I ultimately made it. But um, okay. as we've talked about before, like if you're gonna say something to a guy. It, you gotta just you gotta be quick with it. Like it, it can't be it can't be drawn out because otherwise you're gonna be like the the Brandon Hyde guy and be like, yeah, I've been a fan of the Orioles my whole life, like et cetera, et cetera. You you don't want to come off like a babbling idiot. So, yeah. you know, as as everybody knows, like Nick Castellanos interrupted a, a Tom Brenneman's apology for his uh, uh, off color remark that ultimately got him removed from the broadcast. Uh, he hit a home run during that apology, which is hilarious. Then, like, a, a year later, he hit, like, they were doing a eulogy for, uh, or, like, a, 
uh, a post-mortem for some guy who'd worked for the Royals for like 30 years for their TV team, and Nick Castellanos was on the opposing team, and he hit a home run during while they were trying to do that. So then it officially became a thing, and I think it even happened another time or two. Uh, so <laughs> I, I said to Castellanos, as Castellanos had his back to me and he was walking to the bus, I said, uh, hey, Nick, I hope you homer during my eulogy. And, like, I don't know if that if it was supposed to be my eulogy, like if I died or a eulogy that I was delivering. I don't know. I, I just I, I had time to make the general get the general point across. But I think everybody knew what I was talking about. So, like, Castellanos, yeah. like, he turns around and, like, he, he was trying to be too cool for school the whole time. But, like, he kind of gave me, like, a mean Joe Green smile, you know? It was like, it was like he, you know, he, he got it. He got the joke. So, like, the last thing that happened was, like, he turned and, like, kind of smiled to me and, like, just gave the slightest nod, and then he walked on the bus. So, yeah. even though he didn't get his autograph, like, it, it was a little bit of a consolation that I got to I got to say that to him. And that, that that's kind of inside baseball, too. Like, you know, you got to at least know a little bit about what's going on to make that joke. Like, you know, you're not some, some fucking idiot who's going to, like, grab your arm for two selfies. Like, there's no way those women got that fucking joke. Um, no. so at least I hope he appreciated that. Yeah, no, I, it took me, uh, it took me, um, a little bit of time. I think maybe like it wasn't until Friday that I was able to like fully appreciate, not fully appreciate, but like that I could like, you know, um, kind of, yeah, I guess appreciate that, that moment. Uh, it was pretty funny. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, uh, our friend Chris was like, Oh yeah, I get it. And I just got it. Like it was, it's kind of like high level, I would say, um, that, that joke. Um, but do you, what, how were you, how do you remember how you envisioned saying it, Jack? Cause I thought well, it was I was, if he succinct. was right, if he, if he was right by me, I was gonna, um, uh, I, if he, I was gonna say like, Hey man, if, if one of my immediate family members dies, I, I hope you Homer during the eulogy I give or something okay. like that. It was okay. like, it was going to be, it was going to be more, um, more in depth. But like it just, I, I couldn't, I couldn't make the joke. Like he wasn't sure. there anymore. So well, um, I would, I would say that you, you, it was the most, it was as efficient as efficiently worded as it could have been when you yelled. Yes. It. So I, I thought that was pretty good. I, as someone who is not, um, who like, I'm not great at being succinct a lot of times, like <laughs> with, with with things like, um, you know, I don't, I don't know how I would have like. Maybe like you know, hey Nick, if I if I ever get canceled, I hope you hit a homer during my apology. Like I guess you could have said that, but like that's pretty like right on the nose. I actually thought I forgot about that. I forgot the context of the second one. So I actually thought like, I mean, I feel like Tom Brenneman's apology in essence kind of was his eulogy too, because like <laughs> you know it was the death of Tom Brenneman in yes. mainstream media. So like. You know, so I kind of thought that it was just like, you know, it's just in just in general, like kind of a, a commentary on all of that. But I thought that was pretty good. And um, yeah, I mean, like certainly if you couldn't get his autograph, like that was a cool thing to to do. Um, uh, and I also I think Nick or I mean, uh, I think Chris brought up the point. It's like, well, we'll just get him next year. Like we probably right. will be able to get him next year. So, yeah, yeah. Depending on uh, what team he's on. No, he's on the Phillies. He's, he signed a, a multi-year deal. With yeah, them. yeah. Uh, I think okay. he'll be on them. Um, Jeremy, you ran into a minor league uh, manager on our well, way. Uh, yeah, not just any minor league manager. The uh, Midwest, the Midwest League Championship manager. So we were walking. So after the the Phillies left, we um, were walking over to the um, to the Cubs bus just to see what was going on over there with our buddy Chris. 
and um, we walked by this guy on the sidewalk on Waveland, and I'm like, who is that guy? Like, I fucking recognize him. And I'm like, he actually kind of looked like Garrett Stubbs a little bit. Uh, and then it occurred, they had passed me probably about like by like 20 feet at this point, and it occurred to me, and I was like, oh, that's Lance Rimmel, the uh, manager of the South Bend Cubs, who I had just got his autograph a couple weeks ago. And so I actually, I was like so excited, and the, the South Bend Cubs had just won the Midwest League championship, um, championship overall championship. I was I was at game one of the semifinals, and uh, you know I I have over the years, over the recent years, legitimately become like a South Bend Cubs fan, um, partially because they have so many like. Uh, notable prospects in the Cubs system, so I legitimately like liked the team that that won the championship. There, I think there, I think there's several future major leaguers on that roster, and it was just cool to see them play. It was cool to see them win a, a, a playoff game in like kind of dramatic fashion, and so it was just all cool that they they won and everything. I think that's a good sign of things to come um, when like a team of like prospects wins together. So I thought that was pretty cool. So I saw Lance Rimmel and I was like, hey, Lance, Lance. And like he turned around and I'm like, hey, congrats on the championship, man. And he's like, thank you. Thank you. And then he just kept walking. He was with someone else, probably from the South Bend Cubs. But uh, I thought that was a cool sighting. And, um, you know, I'm not sure how many people actually spotted him at the game. I think they were honoring. It was like Notre Dame night and they were honoring some like South Bend. uh, They were honoring South Bend Cubs like they played the video. Uh, So I don't know. He was probably there as a guest of you know, the Cubs and, uh, uh, I don't know. It was pretty cool to see. Yeah. Hell yeah. Um, uh, and honestly, man, yeah, I, I never would have recognized him. I don't even, didn't even know who he was. So, uh, you yeah. know, that's cool that you, that you saw him. Um, uh, okay. So we went over by where the Cubs, uh, parking lot was, um, it was pretty late, so we weren't really expecting any action, but, uh, we, we ran into to the guy who was uh, probably the best guy of the night. Yeah, this is last but not least kind of situation here. Yep. Um, yeah, so this guy uh, came up. This uh, He's a Latino guy. Um, uh, he um, definitely looks like a Cubs bum, like a Cubs, like, uh, Cub Nation kind of, like, uh, I don't even know, like, just, like, just one of those Cub, like, in the in the vein of Mai Tai guy and, and Bleacher Jeff and people sure. like that. Just like a Cubs guy. Um, and he came <laughs> over and like we were standing on like it's it's a very odd scene over by the Cubs parking lot, especially late after a game when most people have cleared out. So we were standing. They kind of don't want you to stand right in front, like on the block right in front of the entrance, understandably so. So you have to stand like across the street um, on uh, in front of the firehouse, basically. Uh, there's like a little corner there where like everyone can stand. And so he was, um, we were standing, me, Chris, and, and you were standing there, and um, this guy was behind us, and he's on this, like, little mini bike. Um, I don't know if it's an e-bike or, like, you actually pedal it or what, but it's a, it's, it looks like a little miniature bike, but it's, like, it's like road, it's, like, street legal or whatever, I guess. So yeah, it's, it's, a, it's, like, it's, like, motorized, right? Yeah, it seemed like it was like an e-bike or something. Yeah. Um. So so he's like leaning on that, and like he gets right behind us, and he starts talking to us. Like, was Chris still with us at this point? Uh, he was, and I think I think maybe our first interaction with this guy was he kind of helped you get a sod. Yes. Right. Okay. So so then like um we should also say we got Matt Veerling for the Phillies, so that that mm-hmm. completes the Phillies situation. But um then like yeah so yeah right the first thing that happened was um. 
we were standing there and like a guy comes out of the uh, Cubs um, like exit or he might have actually came out of the stadium. I'm not sure. But he was with a, a, a woman and they turned um, east on Waveland and started walking away from the ballpark. And um, it was uh, Javier Assad. And mm-hmm. so this guy yells across the street, across Waveland to Assad. He's like, you know, he might have said something in Spanish. I'm not he sure. Did. But he did like, say something in Spanish. Yeah. <coughs> yeah. So he yells something to Assad and Assad like kind of waves back at him. And I'm like, oh, that's Javier Assad. And I grabbed my, I have a card of him. So like I kind of flipped to that page and I kind of took like two steps across the street. Uh, but he started walking away and he was with a, a, a girl, like a girlfriend or whatever. So I'm like, eh, you know, I want him. But, you know, I was like, eh, nah, I guess not. And the guy saw, kind of saw me do that. And he's like, no. And he's like, no, go, go. He's a nice guy. He'll sign for you. Go. Yeah, he's like, yeah, he's, he's cool, man. Just get him. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so I'm like, okay, all right. And then I did kind of like have to do a mini run after Assad because he was like, he was making his way down the block. Um, and I was just like, Javier. And like, actually, his the, the girl saw me coming and she like kind of hit him. And she's like, hey, 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 like, you know, this guy's coming. And I, I had a Javier Assad um, 2018 South Bend Cubs card. Mm-hmm. And so um, I, like, you know, put it out for him to sign it. And, uh, yeah, he signed it. He was super nice. I, I said I was at your debut. He didn't really respond to that. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm not sure if he speaks English maybe. Right, right. Um, but uh, I was like, yeah, man, I was at your debut. You know, it was awesome. And uh, he just, like, signed. And uh, it was a cool signature. It's a, one of the, like, lesser-known Cubs guys you could get signed, I would say. Sure. He, they just put out a Tops Now card of him, and it just came in the mail today. So I was kind of, like, cool to have him. I kind of wanted to get him on the Tops Now card. I might still, if I see him again, like, at the clean-out, the locker clean-out, I might try to get him on the Tops Now card. But it was uh, it was cool to get him on this card, and it, honestly, it looks pretty nice. So he's got a cool signature. So I don't I don't know if there's too many people with a Javier Assad autograph out there. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, well, yeah. So, so this guy, uh, you know, this Cubs, this Cubs guy, this uh, on this on this e-bike, he uh, he got he kind of helped you out with Assad. And so, Jeremy, you came back and he, he just sort of started talking to us. Um, he was clearly a grapher, uh, Jeremy. You mentioned you, you'd seen him there before. I think Chris had, had also seen him there before. Yeah. Um, you know, he had a Cubs jacket on, like you said, total Cubs guy. So. He was talking about how Suzuki was the only player left. He's like, yeah, Suzuki's always the last one out, man. Um, but, uh, you know, since it was just us there, there were no other fans, he kept he kept saying, because uh, he'd gotten Suzuki before, like opening day, but then he never signed again. Or maybe maybe Chris had gotten him opening day too. Yeah. But uh, uh, he, he goes to us, he's like, man, you, you will get him. I know you will get him. Um <laughs> Like he like and hey you know what graphers root for each other man you know yeah. you want you want other people to get the autograph so he had faith in us that we were gonna get him um, and th- at that point uh, we we noticed the bike and like the bike had like Cubs decals on it that he that he had and it, it had a it had a white signature it, had, it there was black iron the bike had like black iron and then there was someone signed it with a white sharpie and he told us that Jonathan VR had given him this bike. Um, and I, I can only imagine that, that it came to pass like that this guy comes, comes every home game. Like he comes, he was talking to us about like how he was there when the Cubs got here today. Like they get here at like 1 PM and you know, he's, he's still here. So it's like the, the, the Cubs players like probably see this guy all the time. And you know, some of the ones like Assad who speak Spanish, maybe interact a little bit more with the guy. Cause you know, it, it, it's probably comforting for those players to like hear a fan who speaks Spanish and wants to, wants to interact with him. So 
somehow he must have gotten to know VR over the course of a, a, a couple of months. VR being a professional knew when he signed with the Cubs that, like, you know, he probably wasn't going to be there all year, right? They were either going to cut him if he sucked or flip him uh, for anything if he did even well at all. So he knew he knew he had a short shelf life. So he probably bought, like, this little e-bike to just go around, Chica- like, the, the neighborhood in while he was here. Uh, and when the Cubs cut him, he was like, I don't want to fucking take this bike with me. So he just gave it to this guy. Um, <laughs> yeah. Which is awesome. Like it, that is literally a case of one man's trash being another man's treasure. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, uh, yeah. So it's funny. Yeah, we were like, we were like, I, I had seen that signature before, and I was like, I just yeah. couldn't, I just couldn't like place it, and like there was a number on it, but it wasn't ringing a bell. And we we're like, yeah, man, uh, who's who signed your bike? And he's like, VR. He's like, yeah, he gave me this bike, and. Uh, um, yeah, and so like, we were talk- kind of talking about that, but then he's like, "Yeah, you know, um, yeah, you know, after the security leaves, man, you know, these guys, you know, they they have a trouble, they have trouble getting into the 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 lock, the 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 parking lot. Then you go right up to them, and yeah, they got no other choice but to sign for you. <laughs> and, uh, it was just like, all right, man, you're describing like a dark situation here. Like, I don't, I don't want these guys to be afraid to sign for me or like get killed or something. Like, and they only signed for me because of that." But uh, he's like, yeah, yeah. He's like, they got no other choice, man. And uh, it's like, okay, okay. And then, uh, yeah, he said, like, yeah, you're going to get him, man. I know you're going to get him uh, with Suzuki. He's like, man, he's like, I got to go home, man. Like, I got to go, man. I got to go. He's like, man, he's like, I got a girl in the back of my house right now. And and me, me, you, and I think Chris or whatever, we're like, oh, man. Like, and I I said, like, dude, you got to go, man. If that's the situation, like, you got, you got to get home, man. And yeah, he's like, he's like, man, he's like, He's like, I told her, I, I told her I'd be home at at ten after ten, man. It's after eleven right now. <laughs> and then he kept saying that he had to go, but yeah. he just stayed there. Like he he clearly didn't want to leave before Suzuki got like got out. But yeah. um, but you know, he he just stayed there. And then uh, he started he started telling us that Suzuki had dyed his hair, and that was actually kind of a scoop because he had just yeah. gotten back from Japan because he just had a, his baby was just born. And Jeremy, what did he say? <coughs> he's like, yeah, man, he's got he's got blonde hair now. He just dyed it blonde. He's like, so when you when he comes out, man, look for the Chinese blondie. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh yes. God, you know, for you know what, it, it that that's not racist, Jeremy, but it's definitely ignorant. Um, <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. It's just it's just good old fashioned ignorant. It's like, yeah, so yeah. many things are are like are like so so many people are quick to label things racist these days like that was just like <laughs> that was just kind of completely <laughs> ignorant to the fact that there's multiple races of asian people um, i mean hell he probably thought i was a you know chinese guy as well which i've gotten that many times in my life um sure chinese is the default asian but uh but yeah um so uh and it would turn out that suzuki did come out and um it, yeah like you said jack it was a hot tip because like we it kind of didn't look like him uh, with no. the blonde hair. No, it, it ca- sure didn't. Yeah, um, but he and, came and out actually, with Toy, the uh, the yep. uh, the interpreter. Yeah, and actually at that point too, Chris had left, and uh, yeah. uh, this uh, this other grapher had had left as well. So it was just us, and and we waited, Jeremy. After those guys left, we waited probably ten minutes at least. Um, yeah, you know, we it was getting like, cold out too. Yeah, um, yeah, we were thinking about calling it, but anyway, they they come out. And uh, so we're like, oh, shit, man, we should get him. And I, I didn't have a, 
uh, card of his. So I was like, you know, it'd be cool to get him on a scorecard. But I was I was hoping at least like you would get him because you had a card of him and you haven't gotten him yet. Uh, yeah. So we go up to him and we approach him. Um, and like I could see uh, behind us like this ambulance was like driving up. And Suzuki and uh, his translator were get- coming in the parking lot. And right as the ambulance passed them, and honestly, Jeremy, right at the moment that you were about to, to ask like for mm-hmm. the autograph, the ambulance siren went off. And it scared the crap out of Suzuki. Like yeah. it made Suzuki jump, and he was like, "Whoa!" And he like honestly, grabbed his I, chest. I, I feel he did, and I feel like that was a little bit of an overreaction. It's like, dude, <laughs> if, haven't you ever heard an ambulance before? Like, especially in this neighborhood. Like, whatever, though. Maybe he he was just uh, had been a long day for him. Um. Anyway, so the it it again, it was like the Castellanos thing, kind of ruined the moment. Like this yeah. ambulance, this ambulance siren went off, and Suzuki was surprised. And then he he kind of got a moment to get get his bearings, and then uh, and then and then you asked him for the autograph, and he was like, ah, he just kind of waved, and and then him and his translator went in the parking lot. So uh, yeah, yeah, he said no, and I, I mean I've I've heard Chris told us that he's been tough to get since opening day, so um, I guess that played out. Yeah, most definitely. So um, it was uh, yeah, it was it was tough. Like we were talking about with with Thor, like you know you got to wait the perfect moment to ask him. And like, yep. we were inching closer. They were getting closer. The security guards were there. So I figured like they were going to shut it down. Like they're going to be like, hey, get away from here. Like, so, but, so we had to like, we didn't want to yell too early because the security guards could have like got us out of there. So really was trying to time it out perfectly. And I was like, shit, the ambulance, like this is going to fuck things up. And like it, it, it sure enough did. Um, so we didn't get them, but, um, overall, um, you know, I think definitely happy with the caliber of Phillies we got. I mean, Nola. Hoskins and Marsh are pretty big. Um, yeah. Uh, Veerling was pretty cool as well. And then to get uh, a Cub, whenever you can get a Cub autograph, like that's like just a cherry on top because um, a little harder to get those guys. So, um, yeah, and especially yeah, and, a, yeah. a lesser-known guy like Assad. Um, and yeah, and my, you know, very happy about that. That's that's good stuff. Yeah, my Hoskins um, signature looks good on that that tops now. Uh, not tops now, but the heritage that I got. It looks... Uh, Looks real nice on there, but um, I think one thing that this VR guy, the VR bike guys uh, theory disproves is he said, uh, you know, they got no other choice, but they did have another choice. They they didn't sign for us, yeah. So yeah. they still had the, another choice. Right? Yeah. But anyway, it was a it was a pretty successful night at the park, um, and uh, after that, we just decided to part ways. We did, and uh, we knew we were coming back. Um, well, actually, we didn't know. I, I wasn't sure if I'd be able to make it back for the for that Friday game, but turns out I was able to, and we were able to do that. And um, I think we'll talk about that next. But uh, this is already like a full length episode for for this one. So um, we'll uh, we'll this is uh, to be continued episode number mm-hmm. one seventy eight to be continued. So um, uh, we'll we'll put it out sooner than a week we'll put it out in a couple days so um if you can all be patient um and we'll get uh, out the second episode and it's our last baseball game of the season so um yeah hopefully these two uh long episodes will will, will help you tide over a little bit uh while the off season is upon us cool uh so for this one uh, i'm jack swakowski and i'm jeremy dionisio and tune in for part two